0: You know what that sound means. Welcome back to Just the Tip-Off, the NBA podcast that is now participating in load management.
1: It's going to be a long season, boys. (laughs) We're
0: down a member tonight. Mm. Sam went back home for Christmas because apparently family
1: is important. I guess. I don't know. But uh, no, he's he's off probably on a plane screwing with TSA somewhere. Yeah, I mean,
0: like, he's not on the contract that I think you know, validifies him load managing. But, I, you know, honestly, he's,
1: he should be here every single night. I, smile I don't understand face. it. You but, know? Uh, we do have in his absence, a little special guest action. Coming yes. Up. I, our,
0: I would say we've had some friends on, but I think this coming up is the first official guest that's connected to, to, bat, the, basketball to, to, bat, to the basketball world Outs- outside so. of like, Outside of...
1: High school intramurals. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So we're excited about that. We'll introduce them a little later in the program, the show, the cast. So uh, I guess since we last talked to you, had a couple a uh, couple more moves. Obviously not moves, but signings. The deadline was a couple days ago.
1: Yeah, yeah. The uh, Not a lot more trades were going on. But no. We did have a lot more contract extensions. Yes. Which yes. is... Uh, Amongst other things, there was kind of a, a actual basketball stuff going on, and there was some other drama that just hyped the season up kind of stuff going on. We'll, we'll, talk, we'll touch on some of that, but I think it's already been pretty well played out. And I think everybody and their mom's got an opinion about it, but um, we can...
0: Well, my mom doesn't.
1: Yeah. Right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> my mom doesn't care about the NBA. Anyway, so a couple of the, uh, the more notable... Um, you know, re-signings and extensions. Uh, Luke Kennard, who just got traded um, from the Detroit Pistons to the L.A. Clippers, got a four-year, $64 million deal.
1: Four, four, okay, so 4 years, sixty-four mil. That's not bad. That's a good contract if he was still in Detroit. I think him going to L.A., where he's never played with those guys. And, yeah, I think he's an upgrade to L.A. Shaman, which is what they you know, did on draft night. Mm-hmm. However, his knees scare me he's a young guy but he's he feels like he has the body of a of an older player so it he was showing out okay last night he did have a couple of blunderous moves uh, uh paul george tried to throw him in the corner but he was not there definitely was an interesting adjustment period to go on but four years 64 mil it's not bad i think yeah. that, that, as long as he can Stay healthy, though that, that should
0: prove Yeah, I, I don't hate it. I think he has the ability to get better. I think he's as good of a shooter as Shaman. I think he's probably going to be a little better off the dribble um, and possibly driving, maybe making his own shot, uh, passing for others. I think he'll be a little better in that aspect, so I don't hate it. Clippers also gave Paul George an extension. Four years, 190 mil. Oh, wait,
1: That is... uh doubling down. 47
0: and down. $47.5 million dollars a year, man. I think it's a little bit of an overpay for Paul George. He's good. Don't get me wrong. and How old is the guy? Is he 30 yet? I don't know if he's 30 yet. But oh, if he's just, in his 20s, I could see him. That's a lot of money. But Giannis is making that much money. And I don't know if Paul George is quite that level. You know, ADs and Seth Curry and Harden and Durant are making he's less than that. He's 30. And I think they're all better players. So I, it, you know, you've secured one part of the future, and it sounds like Kawhi is going to be a free agent. Now, that's not saying he can't reassign or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But with this one, you've at least locked down part of it. Yeah. And who knows, maybe you do what the Thunder did. You signed them, and then you traded them and got. Everything in return. Maybe the Clippers do that down the road. He, he's a if, if superstar work.
1: piece that you trade to get massive assets back. Yes,
0: when it, the fit doesn't work or when he wants out. But I don't know. I, I think it's a little bit of an overpay. But he could have a MVP caliber season this year. Who knows? When, and when then he you, could back that money
1: up. When you've got a player like Paul George, all you got to do is find those pieces to fit around him. And those you can get at discount price and you don't necessarily need to pay your point guard $20 million a year to do, to, to pass the ball. Like you literally just need to get the guys open and do what you need to do on defense. But I think that really secures what the Clippers intend to do with their future. Um, Obviously they want to continue uh, holding on to Paul George and I would assume Kawhi Leonard when his contract comes up, but. Yeah,
0: that'd be ideal for them. They uh, kind of, Sold the franchise, if you will, on
1: this idea of think these they're, two. They're locking in on having a better future than than <laughs> their crosstown rivals here. I guess the same. They're they younger. They are younger. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. It, it was a fun game last night to see it those was. guys go at it. it. I think the Lakers were having a little bit too much fun out there and they kind of let that one get away from them. But yeah. still impressive to see Paul george Like in the first quarter, it looked like, uh oh, a continuation of the the last game against the Nuggets, mm-hmm. and then he started to get cooking right at the end of the third quarter and just drove it on home. 33 points, like, what, uh, six rebounds, a uh, couple assists. Pretty pretty solid outing for PG. But uh, what, who, what other extensions do we have going on?
0: Uh, speaking of the uh, across-the-arena uh, competitors, uh, Kyle Kuzma got a three-year $40 million extension. What do you think? Don't necessarily hate it. It's not a lot. It's I think it's perfect 13 mil a year. I think that's for what now? What he's That's good for what he's given you. I think he has a little bit of a higher – we've seen glimpses of him having a higher ceiling. The consistency obviously is not there yet, but he's shown that he can What be, was his draft
1: class? Was he 17? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you look at other he, guys – he, he was late first round, I believe. You, you look at other guys in that draft class like Jason Tatum, like – Ben Simmons? No, Ben Simmons was 16. Then he. No, uh, Tatum, um, Fultz. Um,
0: um, I can't even. Who went two? Back, was that no? Was that the four? Marvin Bagley? No, because Bagley, because Aiton was first in that draft.
1: Oh, it couldn't have been Trey Young. No, Luka no, because that, no, that was that was the same as
0: Bagley and uh, Ayton. There's, there's one more big name. Darren Fox was in there. Donovan Mitchell was in there. Oh, okay. It's those guys. So
1: when you look at the guys like Darren Fox, you look at guys like um, Donovan Mitchell, those guys just secured max extensions. Mm-hmm. Max extensions. And then you, you got Kyle Kuzma over here with a little th- three-year, $40 million contract. That's pretty bargain pricing. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't
0: a lottery pick. No? No. no. He wasn't a lottery pick, but... He got an extension. Lonzo Ball didn't.
1: Lonzo's from that draft class. They kept him, and Lonzo did not reach an extension deal no. with the Pelts, no. so he's going to be unrestricted so at the end of this
0: year. There, that's a top three draft pick that didn't get an extension.
1: That's right. So, I mean, it's-
0: and the Lakers chose to keep him, whether or not he had any, whether or not like that was the player that you know they they could keep, or they maybe the Lakers wanted to keep Kuzma over Lonzo Ball, when they traded for AD. I don't All know. right. So right
1: now, would you rather have Lonzo Ball or? Kyle Kuzma. You're starting a new team. Would you rather Kyle Kuzma or Lonzo Ball?
0: Right now, I'd probably say Lonzo Ball. I think the ceiling's a little higher, and I think you can find guys that give you what.
1: So you think Kuzma he still has you. more potential?
0: I think he does. If he if I, he's a better he's a better shot creator, passer. He can play good defense. Obviously, his shot is not great, but neither is Kuzma's. And I think you can find a guy like Kuzma. Who's going to give you those kind of numbers? Kuzma kind of is like – he feels like a heartless yeah. kind of a guy.
1: I think you know? his ceiling could be like a Michael Porter Jr. And I know Michael Porter Jr. is younger than him. But mm-hmm. you look at Michael Porter Jr. You know what he's – you're expecting him to be a score-first guy who's got to work on his two-way side, get a little better on defense. Which if – was listening to The Ringer last week and we, we heard them say, you know what? I think Lakers fans wanted Kyle Kuzma to be the third option in – the finals there, they're in that playoff run, but he wasn't. And I don't think he's ready to be that third option. He's still really young. He's yeah. still really young. Under 25, I think until he gets to that point, he's still going to – he can work into it. But
0: And the other day, he is playing alongside LeBron James. He's going gonna
1: to learn more from LeBron than he would from goodness. just about any other player and that, that, in the league. That might be another reason why he took such a – call it a pay cut, but such a, a favorable such team Such a team-friendly deal. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Team-friendly deals. I think he has a player option in his third year. Anyway, but then
0: uh, the Orlando Magic made a pair of moves. They extended Jonathan Isaac four years, eighty million, and Markel Fultz three years, fifty million. Uh,
1: now when, when, what? What?
0: Uh, I'm a little more of a fan of the Fultz deal yeah. than the Isaac because Fultz was a higher pick and you got him for less money. Now I know the the shooting issues and. So it's going to go Gips, if you will. I have for I, for a time big, but Isaac's coming off an injury. He's been good on still the still on the injury. End. He's not
1: coming back this season. There's no way. No, he's back. Jonathan Isaac's back. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. He got hurt in the bubble last year. In the yeah. past couple, I months. thought he
0: was. I thought he was back.
1: That would be one of the quickest turnarounds I've ever seen because that was either a way, jump stop.
0: Yeah, way, that's twenty million dollars for Isaac. And you, I mean. You look at the guys who are making $20 million, and yeah, the guy's young, and he probably has some upside, but you look at other players making $20 million and he's like, he's just not as good. I think mean, there's guys probably making less money. I, Jonathan Isaac and Kuzma play the same position. They play the four. Isaac's better on the, defen- on the defensive end, but Kuzma's better on the offensive end. I don't really see that, much, that big of an impact between the two on the floor, to be honest. Right. It seems like with the Magic, like, so they... Drafted Cole Anthony, and then they, like, lost a couple people, DJ Oxen being the only they're, big one. Yeah, they're not And gonna they have... got Dwayne Bacon from the Charlotte Hornets, who actually <laughs> played college basketball with Jonathan Isaac at Florida State. Okay. Uh, but other than that, it seems like the Orlando Magic, the whole offseason, has been like, all right, just going to run it back and compete for an eight seed again.
1: Yeah, and you like, know – Like, they
0: re-signed Vucevic, but, like – just yeah. that, does, that doesn't move the scale that much oh, for me. it was
1: four-year, hundred mil, something like yeah, that. Yeah, that,
0: that doesn't tip the scale for me. That all of a sudden you're gonna be contenders, and I don't think that these do. These signings do either. I think it just bolsters what you have, and keeps you on that track to battle for the eight seed again. But I don't think this necessarily, you know, makes them any better. maybe these are trade assets in the future. Who knows? Those are I fault if, I mean, if Fultz comes out and has you know a great year, a twenty and ten year, then you're looking at probably an underpay for that and some great value there. And who knows what Jonathan Isaac's going to be? But they're
1: betting on the young players, and he is not. Jonathan Isaac is not coming back this
0: season, is he not? I thought he was playing in a preseason. On well, September
1: first, they said that we will not have Jonathan Isaac next season. Huh. Um, so it, things could have changed in the past couple of months, but he did lose towards ACL. So okay, it's so I mean, inter- interesting
0: time to. To sign him, especially to exactly. a deal that large. Exactly, that's play. my question. So you're, is... pay, you're paying that guy $20 million to go to rehab for his knee right now.
1: That nice. <laughs> right? Well, any other, uh, any other extensions?
0: Yeah, but I got, got a couple more. Spurs. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Derek White got a four-year $73 million deal. Um, don't hate it. Well, a, a lot of guards back there. I don't know when DeJounte Murray signed his last contract, but if he hasn't yet, that's also coming up, and that's a player I think they would like to keep as well. Uh, they did lose Bryn Forbes and uh, Marco Bellinelli, so that is two guards off the roster. They also drafted Trey Jones, though. But he's been solid, good two-way player. What was the contract for? Uh, four years, $73 million.
1: Okay, for Derek White? hmm Four years, so that's, $73 million I like that
0: better. I, I like that better than...
1: He's 25 now. Got to be 20, 29, 30 when he comes off that contract. He's been making steady improvements from three to nine to 11 points a game. Um, just really developing slowly. Four year. This will be his fourth year in the league. I think they're again putting a lot of faith in him by paying him mm, that money. Yeah. But we'll see. The 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 Spurs are one of those teams that I want to count them out already. But you gotta you. People Forget they've got Greg Popovich. He, yeah. can, he can turn. They got DeMar DeRozan. He got DeMar DeRozan. They got Lamarcus Aldridge, who are getting old, but still have a little bit of tread left on the tires. Yeah. So it's going to be an yeah. interesting team. Hopefully, they. I think those two are a
0: potential trade bait for a contender.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think they need to figure out what they want to do. Are yeah. they going to tank and just try to rebuild, or are they going to suffer through the middle and yeah. be like the <laughs> Orlando <laughs> Magic of the West?
0: Yeah, no kidding.
1: Uh, the ne- next one is OG and Anobi
0: got a four year, $72 million deal. And out of all of these guys, you got this like four year, $70, $80 million range. I think that is the best one. I think OG has the most upside. He improved, yes. made major improvements last year, looked good in the bubble, was really I almost the third or fourth option on that team. So you had Lowry, you had Siakam, but then it was like it was Van Vliet and OG. Those were the next two guys up. And He's I got the
1: third, third year guy going into his fourth year. Also making steady improvements, five or six to seven to ten and a half points a game.
0: I think he's going to be a great 3 and D player in the league. I, maybe he grows into being more than that. I think there's there's flashes of it. But I really like that deal for him. And for the Raptors. I mean, to get him on that deal, obviously you sign Van Vliet. You sign Siakam. You're hoping Lowry will sign a minimum. So, you I mean, really well, it happen. doesn't matter now. honest signed. So... That's it. also was with the Bucks, so now the Raptors have this massive
2: what uh, cap <laughs> capacity. So
0: I highly doubt they're going to sign Kyle Lowry another twenty-five plus million dollar deal. But they might. They, they could. I I wouldn't personally, but um,
1: they might. They might. I just the Raptors to me, I think are going to be that kind of. Is that the it for the extensions? I got, you got, one more. You got one more. I got one okay, more. Well, I'll save this little topic until after that, but. I kind of want to run through the East and the West standings to see what we're doing our predictions and what we where we think things are going to be okay. because I know I'm not the biggest Raptors fan, but I have some doubts about this season.
0: I agree, and we'll we'll touch on that here. The last contract was Rudy Gobert got five year 205 million. That means the Jazz Absolutely have locked good. up both Go- Gobert and Donovan
1: Mitchell, the two corner two guys, two,
0: two corner pieces of the franchise.
1: Um, <laughs> you got LeBron and AD. You got Paul George, Kawhi. You got Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't hate it, um, I but do. it's I it's mean, it's, I it's a lot. Air air it's air. a lot of money for a center that doesn't give you a lot on the offensive end. He gets. I mean, he is a great defensive player, but I mean, just on the offensive end, it's it's a struggle. You think if you're going to pay a guy for over forty, that's over forty million dollars a year. Yeah. Right? You'd yeah, you would expect him to bring yeah. him more he than would 15 to, points a game. Exactly. Like to be honest, like 40 million dollars a year. Like that's, and obviously with the cap going up every year, now he's passed other players who got extensions in years past. And there's nothing you can do about that. It's like, well, that player is better, but they were just up for contract earlier. But I think there's better centers in the league than Rudy Gobert who are making significantly less
1: money. And everyone talks about his defensive stats, his defensive numbers, and I get it. I also get that the Jazz have built their entire defensive scheme around him However, did you have to throw all of the money at him? Was he gonna walk if he didn't? I don't. Yeah, I mean, he was a loyal guy. He's even come out and said he's loyal to him.
0: And I think we, we also said if you could only keep one, Gobert and Mitchell. You keep, I, I said keep Mitchell. Yeah. Because
1: However, I, I don't think okay, oh, Gobert doesn't tip the scale enough. I would change by if I had said Donna Mitchell before, I'd say Rudy Gobert is the one you keep. Um, for this reason. It's a little bit easier to find six foot six, six foot five guys. It's not as easy to find seven footers. who True. have his skill set. You know, True. Like def- even but, defensively. But they did
0: just draft Yudoka Suzuki. Now there's there's some issues there. Uh guy can't hit a free throw. Some he's Neither not can Rudy. He's not polished offensively and he's not as good defensively, but you know, they they drafted a potential replacement. Maybe to learn under him, and then maybe you can flip him. But again, try if you want to. If you thought maybe we flip Rudy Gobert, you can try to flip forty million dollars. Look how hard it was for the for Westbrook and John Wall to move anywhere. They had to they had to be traded for each
1: other. That's usually how it works. Because that's how works. absurd those contracts are. That's, that's usually are. how it works until you get one of those Torontos who has such a, a surplus of cap that you're like, all right, you're going to trade as this and a billion picks. Yeah, I so mean, it. it it, it, there's always a market. There's always some type of deal that could be made. It's just how much do you have to, to work to get to find it. But in, speaking of that, how good do you think that the Jazz are going to be compared to the rest of the teams After this, you know, they've locked up Donovan Mitchell. They've locked up Rudy Gobert. they brought in Derek Faber. Derek Faber's back. They've got Joe Ingles. They've got um, uh, I think Ed Davis. Is he still there?
0: Mm, then, no, he's gone now.
1: Is he I think retired? That, may, I think he was. No,
0: retired. He's, uh, he's younger, I thought. The, you know, he started in Brooklyn. Uh, I just have that what? he
1: went to the Knicks. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember seeing that. Because they don't have enough sense. They, they also, already. The, the Jazz also have uh, Bojan Bogdanovic, the. Not the one who went to the Hawks. No, the older one. Uh, the older one. Royce O'Neill still on the team. Mike Conley, 150. Clarkson. Um, Clarkson
0: running that bench. I don't know. I mean, I don't... I don't...
1: It's an interesting team.
0: Yeah. i mid level playoffs, and I don't really see them going farther than that again this year. I, there's just not enough there. There's too much now i don't know so
1: we really got to see a step from donovan mitchell i think yeah
0: and it's you know we can make predictions and you know obviously you don't want to overreact to the first 10 games because you know these rosters especially on a shortened like off season with covid you know a lot of these teams if they made a bunch of big moves they're still trying to figure out what they're doing so yeah i'm not gonna to put too much now the season's obviously been uh shortened by 10 games but i'm not gonna to put too much you know substance into how teams are doing 15 games in the league into the season unless they are 0-15 because I think they're still trying to figure out especially if they made big moves but for the Jazz like they kind of didn't do much like all you really did was brought back favors who was there the year prior so there's a lot of continuity with this team I just still don't think there's there's not enough pat like star power there to make a big splash maybe they get a favorable matchup in the playoffs and they end up you know, maybe they go up against the Nuggets again, and maybe this time Donovan Mitchell is Jamal Murray. But I, you know, I could see a middle-of-the-pack playoff team losing the first round again.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think their their ceiling is making it to the Western Conference Finals and losing. I think that's the, the furthest that they'll go. Yeah, I also see that a floor being missing the playoffs. I could see it, to be honest. Which I hope that doesn't happen because they've got some really fun guys to watch, especially when they make it to the playoffs. They have been such a fun team to watch. Remember when they went up against the Rockets Mm -hmm. a couple years back? That was a great. Well, I mean, as we we said, there's only rookie year. Like
0: three teams in the West that I could see, that I like look at them like they will not make the playoffs, and that is the Kings, the Thunder. And then I have to say the Spurs.
1: They said the Thunder last year. You never know. You never know. Yeah,
0: but like you lost Chris Paul and Schroeder. Yeah, like, but literally you lost all Russell you...
1: Westbrook and Paul George. I mean, it's it's too
0: much. This it's year This year it is too much. You don't have a single All-Star. You got Al Horford. You
2: got Al Horford.
1: Oh, oh,
0: my
2: God. Yeah.
1: Again, as I said, you don't have a single All-Star on that team. Shai Gilgis-Alexander is going to have a hell of a year. Paul George jo- – or not they Paul George know. Hill. He's a solid guy. If he, if he can wrap his head around not being in Milwaukee again, I don't know. It, it brings us to what we wanted to talk about in the okay. Let's talk. We're talking the West. Do you think after seeing the Lakers last night lose to the Clippers, do you see them going out and being putting their full force trying to be that one seat? Do you no. see that happening?
0: No, because no, because LeBron already LeBron already came out and said he wasn't. I'm almost a little shocked they played the opening game because they came out and said we're going to need some time and whatnot, and then they played the opening game. I don't. I I could see them doing a lot of rest,
1: what? a lot of resting. Everybody I've talked to says that the Lakers are going to win the championship. However, if you I, I, ask the I'm not them, are they going to be the first in the West? Would you do you think they say the same thing?
0: I, I think it's. I think there's a. No. Higher chance that they win the championship than they become that than they come first in the West. And that's it would not surprise me if the Denver Nuggets are the number one seed in the that West because the Clippers are going to take games off. I don't know what's going to happen. Everyone is really high on the Mavericks this year. So don't know what's going to happen there? So it wouldn't surprise me if the late. I don't think they care about seeding. especially if we get down the line and it looks like we're not going to really have fans in the stands. To, I mean, we don't know where we're going to be and eight months when we're talking about playoffs. But, you know, I don't think they care.
1: I... All right, all right. Uh, for for number one seed, if there wasn't a shortened season, I would have the Lakers, no doubt. Because it is, I think I'm going to go with the Clippers. I think Paul George plays really well when he's having a revenge season. His second year in o- o- OKC was very much a That's revenge true. season. That's
0: true. He was top five MVP that year.
1: And even when he was in the... Um, Indiana, you know they were. He put on some seriously good showings when they were the underdogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a position he put, he that the position they like to be. He pushed the to a couple of game sevens. So Paul George is going to have a great year. Great year. Kawhi Leonard stay consistent. He looked a little off last night, but I'm sure it's just. Getting so back is, is the it then
0: just all about how this team blends in the chemistry? Because clearly there was a lack of it. I mean, you had, think, you know, opinions about the coach that were different. There wasn't a lot of. I got rid of the coach. Continuity in that. Locker room, it seemed like they got rid they're, of. They're, they're talking about there's mantras. no there's Harrell. no there's no leader there. That Kawhi's no leader, right. and Paul George never has another because Paul George has always played with another. Besides Indiana, Paul George has played with another superstar. Like he came into the the Thunder, and that was Westbrook's
2: team. Yeah, you
0: know, and I think coming in last year, it was you're here. But you're here, so Kawhi is here, so Kawhi is the guy. Yeah, so I, I it was of feel more like they, of a one
1: A one B situation, yeah, or one a I mean, a one and two situation, not a one A one B situation. Yeah, so
0: maybe they can work in a one A one B. But I feel like, with the exception of Indiana, Paul George has always been two. Yeah, and maybe if he is like a true one, and Kawhi takes a step back, that way, you know,
1: I it could happen. I, 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 I think like- I think the Clippers are going to be a one a C this year. They're they're not fucking around. They understand the pressure's on them. People are looking. They they were coming out touting themselves as basically the champs last year before they even you know made it to the start of the season. So now yeah. they got to to nut up. Uh, number two seed. I'm gonna go ahead and say maybe. I'm gonna put I'm gonna
0: put the gonna put the, uh, the Nuggets here.
1: I, I have the Nuggets there as well with a couple of asterisks saying. Can't they need to backfill that Jeremy Grant? Uh, I,
0: I, I think I, I think it depends on Le Paul Mosef's still there? Yeah, but, he's but he's old, yeah, he's old. I think it all depends on Michael Porter Jr. MPJ Obviously, he's, he's going to be kind of a hole on the defensive end. Get better on, um, but it's I, I think it, you know so Jamal Murray in Jamal Murray in the regular season, Jamal Murray in the bubble. Two that's, like, that's, like, that's like that is like a fifteen point average swing if you get half if you meet a halfway i think that is huge for them if jamal murray becomes close to a 28 it comes more than a 20 he wasn't a 20 he was like a 20 point scorer last year yeah if he goes and averages more than 25 a game and then michael porter jr gets better yoke just obviously still there then you know i could you know they're taking the step i think they get the two seed then because i think they're also going to Try more than the Clippers and the Lakers are. That's why I don't really particularly am overly high on those two teams in the other season because they're not going to try as hard as any other team.
1: So it's a lot of young talent. Jamal Murray and Nikola, J- Nikil- Nikola Jokic are both still younger than 25, which is mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of a two seed. I also had the Mavs, if you know, Kristaps comes back and he stays healthy. Yeah. I've been being fighting for that top three seeds. Yep, I would agree. Um, Luka Doncic is got to be MVP this season if they want to have I think another chance. I think he's
0: the favorite because there's there's gonna be voter fatigue with Giannis. I don't see anyone giving it to James Harden at this point with LeBron all that stuff. James, no LeBron out. and AD are eighty maybe, but LeBron's out. Curry maybe if he like puts like the puts team on, on his back. Put on a 2017 back, Russell yes. Westbrook show. Yes, you listen yeah. to that. Yeah, way more to, you, like Russell Westbrook. You listen to that Ringer Ringer podcast as well. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying the exact way, but literally like that Thunder team was like nobody. And Westbrook like drug their sorry ass the playoffs. Curry's going to have to do that and he could win MVP. Um, other than that, I don't really see anybody from the East –
1: uh, Dylan Sun- Beebe says he really wants to, you know, be the leader of that team. We'll see. Still have Ben Simmons and now Tobias Harris and also yeah. Seth Curry. I, 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 yeah. I think I agree with that I think luka has got the best table. The table is set for him to do it. Yes, I agree. But I agree. We'll see. Yeah,
0: it'll, we'll be, see. it'll be fun to watch. The the rest of the playoff spots.
1: Here I, we go: I, Portland, the Suns, Rockets, the Pelicans, the Jazz. Those are five teams right there. However, there's only four spots. Plan, from what we yeah exactly maybe a plan. Oh, there's definitely gonna be a plan. That's, that's so, one of the new formats. Okay, okay, so we got a plan.
0: Um, yeah, I I would say the Blazers are still hard because you got, you went to the Eastern Conference Western Conference Finals and then you like hadn't used the plan to get there. Yes, they they're they're more they're healthier this year. You added Roko, so I do like them and. We'll get to the Suns, but I like their chances as well.
1: I like their chances of making the playoffs. That's about it.
0: Yeah. I, the Rockets. I don't know. Wall and Cousins looked good, and Harden looked good, but is Harden going to buy in? Just, Harden dependent. You're so injury prone with a lot Wall and Cousins. I could see, I could see them making the playoffs. I could also see that like Harden just like not caring, and Wall getting hurt, and all of a sudden this team. Christian Wood looked great, but... There may be I it's it's tough. I
1: I'm not convinced on the Warriors. I think that they have had bottom no, tier.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. They have no depth. No. Absolutely no depth. None. And Isaac Curry is going to have to be phenomenal. Yep. For them. And and but when you're when one player when you're keen in on one player, it's hard to be. Like you can be in a, that first game, like we saw the same old Andrew Wiggins, but like three for fifteen from the field, right? Like I'm so oh, apparently you haven't learned how to shoot from watching Clay and stuff.
1: He was like, a, defensively, he had some great blocks and great stops. Yeah. Offensively, you're like, dude, yeah, what? Yeah, are it's, you the doing? Same, it's the same guy.
0: It's the same guy. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, the top four are a lot more clear in my mind in the Western conference. Oh, MVP,
1: we forgot to talk about Zion. He's got a shot. A shot, little early. Brandon Ingram's there. Bi is there. However, so however you put you get if you get little Zion Williamson going 33 points a game, that's tough, man. That's tough. <laughs> oh, if you put yeah. up some serious numbers in preseason, health is going to be a, a question for him. Hopefully, he can yeah. stay healthy. Well,
0: that's the next thing, next thing we're
1: in general. Health, Health COVID
0: like Health. overall, not even just normal You, you might you might only be able to roll out like seven players a night and you might just have to get the games in. Like who knows what teams what teams are gonna be rolling out. We'll have to see how COVID impacts these players. You know, they're playing a lot more games. It's not like the NFL where it's like you get COVID and you might only miss one game. This is you get COVID and you miss four or five, especially with this compact season. Now it is a larger season, so games don't matter as much. But take this, let's, let's say, unfortunately, we're still dealing with this now. I think by the end of the season, all the players will have gotten vaccines because they will have paid for them at that point. Um, but let's say they don't, and all of a sudden, you are coming down, you are in a battle with another team for the last playoff spot, and then your two best players and three role players off the bench get COVID. You're done. You're screwed. So, you got no depth. Or early in the season, what if you drop – eight games over in the season, that comes back to haunt you. It's only 72-game you know, season yeah, this year. Health health is going to be the biggest thing. It might be who can stay healthy, whose stars can stay healthy, whose depth can stay healthy. And then, Obviously, in terms of injury, like we saw a lot of soft tissue injuries in the NFL because of a shortened season. I don't know. Players we'll see, who we'll elect to
1: take games off and load manage, even with these limited number of games, I think are going to see a lot of similarities to – the Clippers last year and or have a lot of soft tissue injuries. You need to condition your body. You need to be in shape to go 48 minutes a night by the end of the season. Now you don't and, want to And out.
0: maybe maybe it's instead of playing and I've heard this about the Bucks, instead of Giannis playing 25 minutes a night and but playing every night, play him 35 minutes, but play him you know a little more than three-fourths of the season, so he can play those stretch minutes, so he's not tired in the playoffs. And Maybe that's how you load manage, not by minutes per game, but just by games and playing more minutes, minutes. per year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, minutes per year have to go. You know, how are you playing
1: those minutes?
0: Are you playing those minutes 22? Are you playing those minutes 40 and not playing a game? I think it matters. It
1: definitely does, and I, I think people are undervaluing that a lot because they think just taking time off from the game is going to help them in the long run, whereas... If you don't bring yourself right, if you don't stretch before practice, you know you might pull an injury. If you don't experience 48-minute double overtime, or not 48 minutes, but if you don't experience double overtimes in the if regular you're get, season, yeah, if you're, you're not going to be ready for them in the playoffs.
0: If you're coming into practice off a weekend banner in Vegas where you go to strip clubs, <laughs> John uh, against, and James Harden. Against the rules uh, now.
1: Well, you know. Can't do that.
0: Didn't stop James Harden, you see. Well, and we'll get where we ah, are We're going to talk about James we'll Harden, uh, but know, they got man. him again. Nah, I don't th- so we'll, we'll transition to the East here, kind of run down um, the East.
1: Before we get to, yeah, 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 yeah. So For the that, East.
0: Um, who do you have as your number one? You know, I would have said Bucks, because they care a lot about the other He's but man, the Nets looked good. The Nets looked really but
1: good. Nets I still looked,
0: don't have them Nets as number one. I, it's, and they're a big injury risk team, too. But I look at... I look at I think there's three contenders for me it is the Nets, the Bucks and the Sixers. There it is.
3: Are well, my, are my day.
0: three that because I think Celtics lateral at best. Yeah. Miami lateral. Uh, um Toronto lateral. All these other teams
1: kind of Cut down. No, hell no. Toronto got worse.
0: Yeah, all these other teams kind of just like ran back the same thing. Now the Bucks Got worse in depth. Maybe they're starting five is better. The Sixers, I think, finally surrounded them with a lot of shooters. I, have I love my what one. the Sixers did. They got a good coach. Nets, Doc
1: Rivers yeah. knows how to space the floor. There should be no excuses for them not to be a top two team. No yeah, excuses. I, I,
0: I agree. I agree. And then that's obviously you're adding Katie and Kyrie. So my, my top three – would be the Nets, the Bucks, and the Sixers because I think just the Nets have the star power. The Sixers really, really help their depth and their their bench and their shooting. And I think the Bucks just have a good starting lineup and care a lot about the regular season.
2: Yeah, they do.
3: Um,
0: so those are my top three, no particular order. If I had to give a favorite right now, I probably, I'd probably give it. It's tough. I'd probably give it to the Bucks right now just because I think the Sixers are going to have to find some time, a little bit to figure it out. And then I think the Nets are going to – I think Kyrie and Kevin Durant are going to play games for the Nets. Now, don't get me wrong. Their bench proved it can make the playoffs. Dan oh, yeah. LaVert, Joe Harris, uh, Jared Allen. You still have – team's all going to be fine. All those players. I, 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 think they're, I think you have to put them in. As a title contender, especially the way Kyrie and KD looked last night,
1: I've got I've got the 76 Sixers on top because I think that they need the least amount of adjustments and just it's more of a coaching small adjustments here and there mm-hmm. to space the floor. They sh- they should be good, man. They should be good. Yeah, the the Seventies or the um, the Nets I think are going to be good as well. They I think need a little bit more adjustments switching into having KD into the mix. Um, so it's
0: a lot of personalities there.
1: DeAndre Jordan is their starting center again. And I think Jared Allen should be, but I get having a power punch off that you don't necessarily need your best center on the floor with two mm-hmm. other all star yeah. all star scores. Yeah. You need rebounding.
0: I would say, I would say he probably closes. Jared Allen, would you yeah. say Jared Allen probably closes in a close game <sighs> over DeAndre Jordan?
1: I don't you think they started DeAndre Jordan? I think they still started DeAndre Jordan for the experience and for that lob threat. I think he's a better lob threat than Jared Allen. Don't get me wrong. Jared Allen's a good lob Jared threat. Jared Allen's better on the defensive
0: end, though.
1: True, but... And in, he's a better free shooter. Yeah.
0: If you're playing where they're fouling you, you got to get DeAndre Jordan yeah, so out How about
1: this? How about this? If well, if
0: they're playing you're fouling you, do you play KD at the 5?
1: If they're down DeAndre Jordan, if they're up... Jared Allen.
0: Um, uh, you could also play K-E at The five, Joe Harris at the two, have Dinwiddie, Lover, and Kyrie in there, and go small. If they, if, if if you need just pure scoring and just the ability to like make free throws, someone's playing the foul game. Then make your center a ninety percent free throw shooter in Durant. A
1: lot of a lot of versatility over there on the Mets. Yeah.
0: Defense could be an issue. You have defensive players who are good. Whether they're going to buy in all the time is also an issue. Like
1: Kevin Durant can be a great defender. Well, they looked pretty good at, against the Warriors. They last did. Night. They, they did just wrecked them. Yeah, like but like again, I, I'm not putting. As I said, I'm
0: not putting 100 percent stock into, and the Warriors, into, yeah. into into just first glimpses. Yes, they look great, but we need we need more volume. We need we need, more. A, we, we, need we need we need a better resume.
1: <laughs> so, um, so those are the top three. There, the next three I have Miami, Boston, Toronto. I agree. I think
0: Miami is the better of the of those three. Yeah. Um, Jason, the best player is on the Celtics. I think. I think Jason Tatum can be the best player. Um, but I think the Heat are the best team by far. Now you lost Jay Crowder, and that hurts because um, he just he just fit Dare Jones Jr. So you got. But, you know, Hero, Robinson, take another
1: step. Droga, Defensively, Droga, they're just gonna get older. Defensively, they're going to have problems.
0: They might, but, I mean, they also played hell a good defense against the Bucks last year. I they mean, did. And, yes, Jay Crowder is a big part of that. And Derrick Jones Jr. off the bench can be a big part of that. But you still have Bam. Um, you still have Jimmy Butler. Those are the
1: two best defenders right there. I mean, they played, After that, Duncan Robinson, yeah. Tyler Hero, and eh, Kendrick Nunn, and eh, Gordon Drogic, and... Eh. I, I find that that team's going to have some issues. Spolstra, Spolstra has his work cut out for him as far as getting those defensive schemes set. They did get, um, uh, what's the guy from Memphis, not uh, Wiseman, uh, Precious Echua. Yes. Yeah, Precious Echua, yes. who needs to be a solid backup big uh, defensively for him.
0: Yeah, I mean, and they still have the shooting bigs like Olenek and Myers Leonard if they wanted to go that direction. Obviously, you know, but they – They're scores. They're scores, not defense. Okay, they also – they added Avery Bradley, who, the beginning of the season,
1: was great
0: at defending. And they added uh, Harkless. Getting a little old, but yes. I I agree, but that beginning of that Lakers season, he was – I thought that was going to be a big loss for in the playoffs, not having him to be able to guard – the point guards to guard Dame and obviously now it doesn't matter. But you know, I thought, you know, you run into a Harden, a Jamal Murray. Uh
1: you want to have a lockdown Walker. uh guard for sure. Yeah. So but,
0: Avery Bradley, I think, obviously he's old, but I think, you know, if you really need to lock down and defend somebody, I think he I think he's fine there.
1: Okay, so So the last two uh, are Well you, we are didn't I, talk about Toronto so really. Tor- I
0: mean we Toronto Do you need to? I don't want to they kind of ran it back, <laughs> and that's all I can say for them.
1: Like they paid Steady Freddy.
0: They paid. They paid Freddy. They paid with Siakam. What last year? They paid OG. They paid OG.
1: Kyle Lowry's on his final. You year don't have contract. Gasol. You don't have Yubaka. You lost some depth on you, your big you, man. You, you lost brought in the Aaron Baines train.
0: Yeah, you did. Uh, I don't really. I think that's a downgrade at the center position oh, overall. I think you're somewhere, somewhere
1: out there. Sam Hyde's punching the air right now.
0: Uh, How I dare said, you besmirch because, the because name I, of Aaron Baines. Because I said Aaron Baines is a downgrade. <laughs> He's good, but I mean, overall, like right now you're looking at Aaron Baines and Chris Boucher. And, Chris Boucher and like Lane. 27,
1: 28. Oh my God, get
0: out of here. Yeah, exactly. The so, not overly high on what they did, but we'll see. I still think they make the playoffs because to me, like so that's six, so to me seven and eight. You guys aren't as high on the Pacers. I still think the Pacers are
1: going to be in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. They're, uh, they're my eight seed right now. I've got 7 as the Wizards. The Wizards. Yeah, baby.
0: Wizards. Yeah. Wizards. Rui, like... Rui Hachimura is going to miss the first 2-3 weeks of the season. That's okay. That's okay. Um, I like Denny, Avia. Denny Avia with um, the Denny, Avia, yeah. yeah, on paper, I mean, this team was a playoff team with John Wall healthy. So. Without.
1: Well, with John with, Wall. With John also Wall, playoff with, with John team Wall with and Beal
0: which on Wall and Beal, they were a playoff team. They were, what, a three seed, three, four seed? Because they were always playing the um, Celtics in those yeah. very heated seven-game series. So you think, yes, older, but I agree. I think you add Westbrook. You have Beal. Um, you were able to re-sign Bretons, which I think is was nice. You have Bryant. I mean, you have a decent Thomas bench. Bryant's pretty athletic. I,
1: Ian, he's young. He's, he's, he's a very I can definitely see center. them being
0: in the playoffs. Um I think if I think out of so if we if we keep the I think if I keep the Pacers in, I'm looking at there's the teams. Knicks, no. Um, Detroit, no. Cleveland, no. I've got Cleveland at the nine Chicago, no.
1: Cleveland is a uh, trying to fight um, for a play in spot. I think for me Hornets for yeah. me the
0: last spot and the playoff spot goes to the Wizards, the Hornets, the Magic, or the Hawks.
1: Oh that's just God, the main. Hawks too! Holy crap! Oh, these guys. Yeah. So. No defense. No defense no, among any of these teams. Won't, won't,
0: well, yeah. I mean, John Collins is an okay rim protector, and that's about. Cam Reddish was a pretty good defender, but other, and and you have like. Clint
1: Capella will be interesting to Ronda, see.
0: Rondo, Clint Capella. I mean, if, you know. Last year they're, they're gonna have to. They're gonna have last to. they no They're defense. gonna have to outscore
1: people. They're also in the preseason way. games. They've got to hide Trey Young, and it is comical to see how they try to do that. It's yeah. Very much like, oh my God, these guys are not going anywhere deep in the playoffs, even if they do yeah. make it. So we'll we'll see how that goes. But um, those are kind of our, you know, tentative first initial thoughts, standings for the East and the West this year. Uh, overall, who do you have winning it all? Ball Lakers. It just feels right. It just feels like there's nobody that's going to tell them no. Um, the Clippers did last night. However, I still didn't feel like the whole heart of the Lakers were in yeah. that game. So.
0: Yeah, so we've been mentioning it. The uh, NBA season started last night. Yeah. So briefly, last night, two games. Nets blew out the Warriors and the Luma. Clippers. Clippers and Lakers had a nice back-and-forth contest that the Clippers ended up getting the advantage.
1: KD and Kyrie looked
0: nice. They did. So little just touching on the NBA schedule. So they released the first half. Um okay. Didn't really stall because they want to leave the back half flexible for any cancellations that we have to do with it being smart. 2020 and COVID. Smart. It is smart. A lot of big road trips, a lot of back-to-backs. So I think you might see a lot more resting yeah. on teams. Obviously, it is a shortened season, 72 games, as we said. But I think it was smart for them to leave the second half of the season open so they can move games, figure it out. I think that was smart. It's the way to go. Decreasing the season was smart. So I, I, mean, I have nothing wrong with the schedule. I think it might be tough on these nine game road trips that teams are going to have, like multiple of. But it is what it is. I think these guys are just going to be happy to be playing basketball.
1: And I'm going to be and happy to watch it,
0: and we're going to be happy to watch.
1: Yeah. It. Oh well, now I think we need to uh, drama. Turn our attention to some drama, some drama. Drama. Horror. I do have a question. Do we that one question I wanted to ask? We want to do that now, or do you want to go into the drama? Well.
0: Breaking news, the Houston Rockets-Oklahoma City Thunder game for Wednesday has been postponed, Ugh. as the Rockets do not have the league-required eight available players due Fuck to corona me. testing. God damn it. So we're set. We're, we're two games, we're the second night, and we already have a... That's that's broke four minutes ago, and we already have a cancellation. This is going to be the season. Let's be honest. This is going to be the season. Yeah. So, I guess... We're almost looking at look at what college vote the college football playoffs. You've got teams with different amount of games played in. What is that going to mean for the NBA playoffs when it's not? It's all based on numbers. There's nothing about the college football playoffs that is strictly you know it's not strictly based on numbers. It is, but the NBA is all. Are you better than the team below you? Record-wise. It's oh, all about records. Whoa,
1: whoa. You really just read directly from the NBA communications themselves. Oklahoma Oklahoma City versus Houston game has been postponed. New York, December twenty third, twenty twenty. National Basketball Association game scheduled for tonight between the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Houston Rockets for at Toyota Center has been postponed in accordance with the league's health and safety protocols. Three Houston Rockets players have returned tests that were either positive or inconclusive for coronavirus under the NBA's testing program, following the contact tracing protocol. Four other players are quarantined at this time.
0: Because they were deemed highly, and we've seen that in the NFL. That we have these uh, close
1: contact, these high-risk right.
0: individuals who get set out.
1: Additionally, James Harden is unavailable due to a violation of health and safety protocols. All other Rockets players were tested again today, and all returned negative tests. Uh, Houston has one additional player who is unavailable due to injury. As such, the Rockets do not have the league-required eight available players to proceed with tonight's game against the Oklahoma City Thunders. I will say this. James Harden came back with negative coronavirus test results. John Wall came back with negative t- coronavirus test results. Boogie Cousins came back with negative coronavirus test results. All three of those players were came back negative. I will
0: say Harden has already had it.
1: Exactly. Could
0: be. I know now there is debates on whether or not, you know, if you've had it after 90 days, you can have it again. There's the medical community is still finding things out about it's, COVID it's, as we speak. It's a but practice, Dave. Yeah. It's a practice. He has had it, so that could be a reason why he didn't have it. Now he did make another trip to a
1: strip club. Was not a strip club. Was not a strip club. A gentleman's club. Was not a gentleman's I
0: mean,
1: I don't club. I do it was. was – st- I'm pretty sure it still breaks the rules. I'm pretty sure it was like a club. Just like a just, a just a club club. Just yeah, like so, a, a dancing music drinks club a timothy's per se if you will if 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 you you will so much on the same class and par i'm sure i'm sure the floor is equally sticky (laughs) (laughs) no but it it, guys i if you want to play this season and not have any repercussions any fines anything like that you can't be going to these public places like that i understand you want to go out and far be it for me to tell you what to do but If you want to continue the season, if you want to play the game, if you want to, I guess probably earn your paycheck. I don't know how that's going to come into effect, but if enough of this stuff happens, I'm sure they're going to be questioning it. Mm -hmm. You gotta, gotta, gotta keep focused. Yeah, it's
0: you know maybe maybe you swing something with the G League. I don't know what's happening with the G League if they're running or not, if they're going to play. But maybe you have instead of two two way players, you have four. Two-way players this year, so that you can play these games. Now, certain teams will be like, "Okay," but if it's our stars, then we're running out of JV squad. and We're gonna lose that game. We'd rather have that <laughs> game postponed till we have our stars back. I don't know. Maybe something changes. Because I think the key for this, it's got you have to be flexible. Yeah, the league has to, the teams have to, and you know, I, if it requires going a little later, I think we're gonna be slowly like. So bringing our way back to a normal NBA season. So we have the bubble. We started later than normal. And I think we're going to start late next year too, but I don't think it's going to be as late. So yeah, I think we're going to have to work our way back.
1: They're projecting to finish sometime in July, which is normally in June, starting up at this normal time in October, which could get pushed to early November. Instead,
0: like, it, I, I don't think they'd have an issue if like, if, it, if COVID gets really bad and like multiple teams cancel games, I, if I'm the NBA, if I'm Adam Silver, all right, Shut it down. Two, three weeks, we're done. We're not doing anything. Everyone just, like, we're done playing games for two, three weeks. Let's postpone the season for a little bit. They can't do that. They can't just straight up postpone it? I I mean,
1: they can. However, the repercussions for doing such a thing, they've already sold the airtime. They've already sold the ads. They've already um, made commitments to certain— So they're locked into the first half, then, I guess. Right, they've really put themselves in a place for the first half, and hopefully people can remain, you know, yeah. conscientious about other people's investments into the sport, yeah. the league, everything. And it's not just it's not just a business; it's not just numbers and everything. There are people too, so we have to think about that. And we have to make sure we're we're going about things the right way, not just with the the dollar signs in mind, mm-hmm. but you still have to agree that we're all in this. Hell, I I would even say that Nathan and I are in this business out of passion, not out of money. For for damn sure, not out of money. (laughs) But if you have a passion in the game. Hey, our totally
0: legal buying of jerseys (laughs) kills the NBA season. Because we have to. Because we have to. But anyway. This
1: would be nothing if I hadn't bought that Anasanti de Gunpo jersey. You'd be nothing. You'd be nowhere. No, we, come on guys. We want to see you play. We want to see you perform. Kyrie, we want to see you make art. We would like to see that art, please. And burning sage on the court. That's a new thing? You see that? I did. Interesting. I did. I didn't know what... It, he, was, he was expelling the bad spirits or the bad juju, whatever.
0: I mean, it's Kyrie. I'm not surprised. Like It's, it's him being him. As long as it doesn't get in the way of anything, I, strokes, I don't, I don't, folks. don't see anything. Like the U- Utah Utes men's basketball coach, like burns incense in the locker room before every game. So people do things. I mean, far be it from for me to tell Kyrie like, what the hell are you doing? Why are you burning sage on the court, like walking around? But you know, if it. If it works and they win the championship. It's not the they, weirdest pregame ritual. No. If it works and they win the championship,
1: everyone's going to win <laughs> I swear to you, people are going to be bringing in. Yeah. Like, so I'm gonna small, bur- they're going to be, gonna be here, burning guys. everything in the,
0: in the locker room. So, Yeah. It's getting a little loud in here.
1: <laughs>
0: I... And it's a better pregame ritual than what Dennis Rodman was doing.
1: But from <laughs> the last dance. But you Depends know. where you're standing. But yeah. <laughs> that's true. All right. Now, I think it's time we bring up a, a segment that's near and dear to, to our hearts. And it's... Only the one time only that we're going yes. to be talking about this. This is your true unbiased. Is this the right segment I'm thinking I of? I think this is the, I, se- yeah. I, yeah.
0: The, our true unbiased. Suns
1: Talk. Report right of the now. Phoenix Suns. We're, we're reporting live here, baby. One time only. Sam is no longer
0: here, so we've decided that now we will actually talk we can about Actually get the some Sons.
1: work done.
0: Yeah, right. Okay, so I'm going to run down what they did. Jalen Smith drafted 10th overall, as we said on our last cast, or two casts ago. Maybe a little overreach. Not the player we saw going in the lottery, but still not a bad pick. Played at Maryland. Is a nice stretch four. You got Chris Paul and Bill Nader from Oklahoma City Thunder. You signed Jay Crowder and Etuan Moore. You re-signed Dario Sarich. You lost Ricky Rubio, Ty Jerome, Kelly Oubre. And then you lost uh, Kaminsky, Cech Diallo, and Aaron Baines in free agency. So, the big get is obviously Chris Paul. Yes. You've paired Chris Paul with Devin Booker. You've given Devin Booker his first true all-star and running mate with You have some nice pieces in DeAndre Ayton there. Mikkel Bridges has looked great, and Cam Johnson looked great last year. In the bubble. Um, Jay Crowder, a very
1: underrated signing. Mm -hmm. Excellent 3 and d player, which works on just about all 30 teams in the NBA. Um, Just a hard-nosed guy who I hate going up against because he's so Mm -hmm. pestering as a defender, and he just brings that energy that you you better bring it yourself or you're going to be in for a long night. Yeah, one uh, de- Moore also a great locker room guy. Yes, good, good veteran. Yes. Re-sign, Resign Javon
0: Carter, good backup. Uh, knows has been there. Knows the system. He can run the point behind as a backup behind Chris Paul.
1: My questions, though, this is my biggest question: What? Makes well, why the, are, the are they Suns, going to be the 16th seed? Of the why are course. they going to be better than last year? And you could say Chris Paul. Well, they lost Ricky Rubio, Kelly Oubre, and so on and so forth to get him. So you're losing. Some scoring. You're losing some playmaking. You're losing some rebounding. You're only bringing in a little bit of scoring and about on par the same uh, amount of assisting and, and playmaking that you had in Dario Sar- or uh, not Dario um, Ricky Rubio.
0: Yeah, um, I think part of this was like they saw what he was able to do in Oklahoma City. Yeah, and he was he, I, he raised the ceiling of that team drastically. And I don't know if they make the playoffs if he's not there. We're gonna see this year. Um, one thing I think is worrisome, fight a fluke season out of CP3. Dude was healthy. Ah, dude, had, dude was healthy. He missed when eight games, that man. He missed when, less than yeah, eight games. That is, I'm, I'm sorry, that is a fluke. If he does that this year, then I will be shocked. But history does not no, he missed, bode well. He missed four games. History does not bode well for Chris Paul staying healthy. Now, he might. He might. And, you know, I think – I think they wouldn't have made this move if they didn't think that he could do what he did in Oklahoma City in Phoenix. And I think they're really high on Cam Johnson and McElbridge just taking in the next step to be their solid D and three players at who can go, who can play and who can guard one through four yeah. e- easily. Um, so I can see them being better. Eight makes a couple steps. Booker's still good. Um, I think you are relying on your young players because I think you know what Paul's gonna give you, you know what Booker's gonna give you. I think it comes down to this eight and progress are Bridges and Johnson able to take the step and, and what what is Jalen Smith's role here? Like so you have Saric, you have uh, Jay Crowder who can play that four. How how big is he is Jalen Smith going to be in this offense? I like the fit. I think they did need a stretch four, and he, you could argue, was one of the better stretch fours in the draft. But as we said when we did our draft recap, I also think you could have drafted someone else and then traded up to get Jalen Smith. I don't necessarily think you needed to take him at 10.
1: But... That was a weird pick. As as we said, if
0: this... No, I think they had a... Yeah, they only had one, but you could trade into it somehow. Um... Especially with second round picks. Now I don't know if he would have fallen that far, but you know there is something to be said for if you've got a guy and you like him, then take him and yeah. go get him. There is something to be said for that. And if this is that guy, then that's that.
1: Screw the projections. Sometimes you know what you like, and that's where people who fall like Giannis Antetokounmpo. If he didn't, why he didn't go number one overall is because fourteen teams or thirteen teams ahead of him didn't think that he could do what he was going to mm-hmm. end up doing. And the Bucks, and the Bucks, like, hey, he bear with that. me. We suck so right now. Out. Hear me out. Take a flyer on this, stuff. <laughs> and it worked. And so sometimes you got to do that. You got to add people asking questions about the picks that you make because obviously they weren't thinking about them. Yeah. Um, so do you, do you think the the Suns last year put up what? What was what was their uh, their record?
0: Their record last year. They
1: previous season. Here we go. 30, 34 and 39, 10th in the West. Okay, so. and it's on a 72 – it's actually going to be very close to the season this year of 72 games. Are people
0: riding too high that they went 8-0 in
1: the bubble? We know Sam is. Oh, oh my God. He was ready for them to win the whole thing. Um,
0: And then they would have gotten shit on by the
1: Lakers in the first round. I'm going to go ahead and say that they are going to be a 9 or an 8 seed conservatively, because I think that they will get slightly better with player development. Um, you've got to hope that this is all barring that uh, Chris Paul stays healthy. Because mm-hmm. if he doesn't, you take Chris Paul off that team, you've got the sons of two years – three years ago. Two years ago. I mean, they're literally just one guy and some prospects. Yeah. So. Uh, I see him as a playoff team. I think –
0: you just have to look. There's a lot of other teams that got better, too. So I think we're still looking at that. As I said, there's only like three teams that I really see who aren't going to be in the playoffs. So I think they're going to be in the hunts. And I see him as a playoff team. I do. Um, but by no means they're going to be easy. I think you're going to have to play very well down the stretch. I think you're going to have to make sure you beat the teams you're supposed to beat. That's no, huge. No drop in games. That's huge in the NBA. No if you, beat, if you are a good team and you beat the teams you're supposed to beat, you will be in the playoffs. And I know that sounds like well obviously, but it's <laughs> like you can't have you can't lose to what you were last year. Think about that. Think about like the Bucks when they like had that great season. Obviously, didn't matter, but they dropped two games to the Suns that year. You can't take a lull on a night and go into Atlanta, play a series in Atlanta, and lose that series. The season's almost going to be a little like baseball. Baseball plays series. Yeah. Right? They don't play the Rockies this—like, the Reds don't play the Rockies this night, then the Mets, then the Marlins. No, they go and they play three against the Mets, and then three against the Rockies, then five against the—or four against the Marlins. And that's what this season is going to be like. If you got to go and you got to win the series, that would be very interesting to You go and you play three straight games against the, Atlanta. You oh, better
1: win two or three of those. The stats in those kind of matchups would be great because it would even translate yeah. a little bit better into playoffs. Yeah, or, or we've even seen if how this yeah. team can can react in a yeah. three game series, how can they react in the seven? Yeah, or even series? if it's just a back to back against the same
0: team. Better go at least five hundred. Can't drop both. You'd right? like to drop. You'd like to win two. Can't drop both. Especially in a shortened season, you know, and you don't know when your stud, when Devin Booker could go out with COVID or something like that. I mean,
1: he's an active youth. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he's an active youth with a connection to a, a, a even worse with a connection to a Kardashian. Uh oh, it's over. Double negative. It's over. But I think they'll make the playoffs. You uh, got anything else you want to? I think Sam would probably guess them to be
1: a. What, what do you think he would
0: probably say they were going to be? I think Sam would say a five seed. I think Sam would give him a little, a little bit of the doubt. And I think he's said that before. He sees him as a five seed.
1: Five, six seed.
0: Yeah. ceiling maybe a four if like the Lakers really don't care.
1: If, if he was here, and I hope he is listening, um, I would like to make a bet with him that the Washington Wizards will finish with a better record than the Phoenix Suns.
0: I, I can get I, I I'm going to speak for Sam I will put, I as Sam High will put a dollar sixty nine
1: dollar on bet all yep. right Sam huzzah we'll see we'll see but uh, it's going to be interesting you got anything else um all my worth mention oh one wa- so I guess it's worth mentioning today probably is the only day of the season where we look at our uh, current NBA uh, season. And the league leaders right now in points per game are Paul George with 33. Um, Assists per game, Stephen Curry, 10. You know, win shares.
0: Yeah, we're, we're feeling we're feeling three. normal.
1: Kyrie Irving, feeling point normal. Three. Yeah. And then our rebounds leader, obviously, Dennis Schroeder. Duh. Yeah. Unbelievable. 12 rebounds. <laughs> yep.
0: And that, that's going to hold up.
1: Oh, totally. That's going to hold up. Yeah, but...
0: Uh, it, I mean, it could hold up to pass tonight. I and mean, we got a full slate of games tonight, but 13's a lot of rebounds. That's a pretty
1: good amount.
0: He might lead... I mean, if he not lead, I could, That could be the guard high. I don't oh, know Westbrook's going to get
1: 15 rebounds one game.
0: Who knows? We know that. Oh, no, we know that it may not be that.
1: his game right now. Who knows? No, That's one of no, the most exciting bad. things I'm looking forward to is to see the Wizards' style of game playing and what Russell does. But we'll see. We'll and see. don't you dare tell me Dennis Schroeder didn't look like Russ Westbrook out there against the Lakers last night, pulling up, you just shooting the like crazy. I, um, I missed
0: most of the game. I was at work. I just He almost him. had a triple-double. Did
1: he? He almost TD. He's got, He wants to be a starter. He wants to be a starter. I and mean,
0: as we said, I'm fine. If the Lakers move that him for the first five, stagger him, LeBron, and then player ending five. That's with Schroeder. It's with Schroeder. If it's not, it's not. Yeah. No. So. I don't have anything else. Do you? That's it for me. All right. Well, we will be joined by a guest here when we come back from a... Short break. A short commercial break. This
1: is your spot. Whoever... Still looking for him. Still looking for him. Give us a contact. Contact yep. mround22 at gmail.com. Looking for that first plug. Yep. Lines are opening. Lines <laughs> are open.
0: All right. Welcome back. Our guest has arrived. Joining us is... Justin Chartrand, former high school uh, baller, Brad, fi- high school baller, <laughs> high school classmate the of Mason and of eyes, ballers. uh former graduate assistant at Morehead State, and currently assistant coach at Tusculum yes, University in Tennessee. So, welcome, Coach Chartrand. Hey man, great to
3: be back in Dayton, Ohio. Let's go, baby! Let's go. Let's go. Hometown a, boy. Hometown boy. Always get back to. Uh, I'm, I'm a big believer in man. Wherever you go, you always got to be proud of where you come from. I, I really can honestly say I fell in love with basketball just being around Dayton. As you guys know, you know, being in Dayton, go fly, it's babe. hard not
1: to fall in love with basketball. It's, it's a basketball city. It's a basketball city. That's right. That's where right up there with those Boston's, right up there with those Los Angeles. We are a basketball city. people. Brooklyn's get out of here. Dayton Ohio is where it is at. <laughs> Uh, it's true. We're glad to have you on the show
0: because you're the first person we've had that like with the actual basketball yeah, experience. experience and all of, <laughs> yeah. This guy's an
1: actual coach. Yeah, we're just talking down of our asses over here. This guy knows what he's talking about. Yeah, I watched, <laughs> I watched one game ever. I mean, like, <laughs> no, and so we we were really happy to bring you on. We wanted to, you know, to give our listeners all ten of them uh, kind of a, a an, an insight into what somebody in your position goes Mm -hmm. through and what you've seen and you know some I I think you've done a little bit of scouting before for for some of the various organizations I guess what we want to talk about some of those places that you've worked at and we want to see like from your side and your perspective what you look for what scouts look for and just kind of a there's really no set way to do it It's just kind of how did you get to where you're at today Uh, to be honest with you it was just
3: really um it it, it really what I've and it was an early lesson you learned on in this business is okay you, you can work hard and you know hard work's important you need hard work to get to where you want and especially in this business mm-hmm. but it, it comes down to who you know i was really fortunate uh, our high school don donner university of dayton legend hall of famer uh he kind of put me in contact with john rovick who is basically john calipari's right hand man in kentucky Okay. So that's how I kind of started working the summer camps, because that's basically what Robic did. I called Robic saying, hey, I'd love to manage. I was going to be a freshman at the University of Kentucky. I knew my playing career was, was over. Um, <laughs> and so it was like, all right. So he uh, said, yeah, I think the, the, the way we do it here at Kentucky is it's a trial process. And we'll kind of evaluate how you do and, and, and what your work ethic's like. And, you know, if we bring you on, we bring you on. And if not, you know, oh, well. So it was kind of like a tryout. Almost. Yeah, you're, so,
1: you're in a tree out for not even to be on the court, but to be around the court.
3: Yeah, to, to, to be washing laundry and, and that kind of stuff. But, you know, we I got up there. I made a lot of, and it's funny, to this day, I think the best connections I've made, like the best, like real relationships with guys who are in our business still mm-hmm. came from these summer camps. Yeah. Uh, so I worked the summer camps um, and I, I got to meet. A lot of cool people. It was a really eye-opening experience, but I, I kind of was looking at this giant mountain because they call me back. They say, "Hey, uh, we're full this year. You know, maybe come back out next year and we can put you on. Maybe look at putting you on, on staff." It, it had nothing to do with you know you were lazy or anything. It's just uh, we had limited spots and we only had you know one or two guys uh, to, to take. And so you know it was like I went through my freshman year at UK. Kind of felt like something was missing. Yeah, you could tell. I just I wanted to get back into the game, mm-hmm. and I was lucky to uh, to have met Preston Spradlin, who that following summer after my freshman year took the job as an assistant at Morehead State. Okay, and he ended up. I, I actually kind of beg, begged him for a job, literally like begged him <laughs> for this job because I was like, hey man, I want to I want to coach, but I was looking around in Kentucky. Yeah, and this is no disrespect I mean, to uh, managers at How, at power five but it, it's it's work. But it's a lot of like you're washing laundry, you're taking those guys to get them something to eat, you're curfew checking, you're making sure they're in class on time, you're getting them to practice on Sounds time. Sounds like a lot of babysitting. Exactly. And to me, I was like, man, I knew that's part of the job. As a yeah, manager, yeah. you're going to have to do babysitting. But I at least wanted to like be a program where I'm like, let me get some experience and just kind of get an idea of like, if you're really going to work in this business, what does the day-to-day look like from an ops guy? A video coordinator or an assistant, and mm-hmm. just
1: kind of learn what what it takes to be at that level. So, do you think that you were getting the experience? You were getting experience, just not necessarily experience you were exactly and had minds, exactly. So, up? I kind of basically they pressed and I said, Hey,
3: I, I don't know if Kentucky's really the place to do this anymore. Do you know anybody that's looking for a guy who will come in <clears throat> and, and, and manage the team? And that's right away he offered Moorhead. He's like, man, yeah. He's like, I, I think Moorhead would love to have you. I can check with our head coach who was Sean Woods at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, he, he brought me on. And then the rest kind of turned into a success story. You know, Sean Woods was by far – you know, I used to think Pat Craigie was a rough
2: coach
3: <laughs> in terms of just his intensity. Yeah. Uh, and once I got to Moorhead, I mean, Sean's intensity was to a level I had never I never seen we you talking about like Bobby
1: Knight throwing some chairs? Type oh yeah. stuff? I mean, he... I would, he
3: would never throw chairs, <laughs> but he just every day you knew what you were gonna get. You you had to be on top of your head game because if not, he'd let you know that. Oh, yeah. You know, and you know, he had a way of. He was the world's to me. He was the world's best at lighting a fire under your ass. <laughs> okay, okay. He, he would light a fire right under your ass. Get he, your, he, you know the buttons to push. He knew the buttons to push, and he could put the fear of god. in. <laughs> so every day for me, it was like, you better come in. You better like have everything. You better be on top of your shit. Because if not, yeah, that was just the conversation you always wanted to avoid. It's like, why is this not done? Yeah, Because it, it would lead to one of his patented-ass joints, which <laughs> for me, it helped, though. You know, It helped me really get good at my craft. Uh, I learned a lot. And so things kind of went south with Sean, though. And
0: I don't know how familiar you are with that situation that went down there. Uh, I know you've told me about it before, and I can't quite remember the details. I know it's, it's something to do with a player, right? Was it a yeah, choking up player? Um, <laughs> yeah, I think oh. it was. I know there was a confrontation. <laughs> a yeah. there, was, there
2: was
3: a
0: confrontation with a player, if what I can
3: remember. Yeah, well, we have we did have a confrontation with a player. Um, uh, to be honest with you, Sean was. We were going into that year. We had just come off a 23 win season. Okay, and Sean, that's
1: pretty good for heck yeah. for where you guys were From
3: what we were trying to Shades do,
1: Shades of Kenneth Farid at Morehead of State. Freed, exactly. That's
3: what that was.
1: What? Oh my
0: god! Yeah, Man, the manimal.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we actually, I got a chance to, I got a chance to see Kenneth Farid that summer going into my senior year. Oh He yeah. came down. He had a charity event there. Um, but he, he did the charity event. He didn't even do it at Morehead State. Um, I'm not sure what the reasons were, but he he didn't do it at Moorhead's gym, but he did a charity event at one of these local high schools in mm-hmm. the area. But he came down. It was like the Moorhead All Stars versus the Maysville All Stars. So I did get a chance to meet Ken for see him in person. <laughs> That's pretty he, damn cool. He he fits the definition of manimal because he yeah. he's huge, he's huge absolute yeah. <laughs> monster. So we uh we got to that season though. That situation was really kind of messed up because we were. Three games into our season, and to this day I still feel like that team that we had was gonna win the OBC that year. Okay. Um, just because the level of toughness. By the time Sean's teams got to February, and March, yeah, their I the, the the mental capacity to just handle all adversity
1: was at a level I've never seen. it before. So you've already gone through all the shit, you, like the worst of the worst. So now everything else is pretty much all right. We yeah, can do anything. Exactly. Team, could, team, could grind it out.
3: Yeah. And we, I think we had a couple of just uh, of younger guys who took it, I think, too personal. Wow.
1: Oh, um,
3: okay. And it led to a lot of accusations, a lot of allegations, a lot of investigation. And with the that's investigations, a
0: lot of yeah, that's we, all. That's all the Asians. All
3: <laughs> that's yeah, all of them. I was say, if you think about it, yes. Uh, it brought a whole world down, kind of crashing down in terms of our. Not, I wouldn't say it ruined our season, but like, that's a lot to go through when you're no four games there. in, and, yeah, four games in, and here comes all these investigations from, you know, you have local police, you have the NCAA, you have an internal investigation going on, I and mean, there was all kinds of things they were looking at. They were looking at issues that were held against Sean Woods. They were looking at uh, Kara and compliance issues. I mean, we, we had a, a just a lot facing Coach Woods and university ended up asking him to resign, um, and to this day, I still feel like if, if he could have kept that team, and that doesn't happen, uh, it could be a whole nother ball game. Because I think I, I do think Sean's a power five coach in the making. Yeah. He just I think he needs the right administration backing him, and he just it, he was that close to being I think taking a uh, getting a Where Preparation a meets opportunity, like right? A, yeah, he like was a almost... conference USA A10 school. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so, that next uh, but that right. brought Preston, who is this young. Um, 20, I think he was 27, 28, or maybe, I think he was 29 to be exact. Mm-hmm. Who He was like, I think the second youngest coach besides David Padgett that year, who yeah. was replacing Rick Pitino. He <laughs> all that crap and that little work. Right. So he was like the second youngest coach in college basketball, and he's this young, energetic, um, really sharp, offensively-minded guy. Yeah. And so he comes in, he takes over as intern, and he does a good enough job my senior year uh, we went 10 and 6 in conference, made it to the OVC tournament still with a pretty good team, but I think we were banged up with injuries. And Murray State had a player named Jonathan Stark who got hot right at the right time, and he um, they ended up knocking us out that year. But Preston got the full time job after that season. They they took the intern tag off of him and yeah. said, Hey Justin, I'd love for you to be uh, a GA. And I, I'll be honest with you, I never even looked anywhere else. Uh, I just you know I had my full faith in him and trusted him and. Uh, he put me on GA as staff for two years, and that's kind of what led me to meet Coach Burton, our current head coach at Tusculum, uh-huh. who is uh, is as good as it, as good as it gets in terms of coaches, just all around. He's he's a great guy. Um, he's a great coach from so the standpoint of. Can you give
1: us some background as to yeah. what conference you guys play in? Where like what your who your I guess major uh, yeah so opponents are. Um, our, we're in the
3: South Atlantic Conference there, and. The biggest opponent that is always known is is usually Lincoln Memorial, and it's funny. I don't know if you heard of uh, of the transfer. You know how much you guys pay attention to like the transfer portal and stuff, and who goes in and who goes out. Yeah. But they had a kid this year, or Macaulay, from Lincoln Memorial. He goes from playing D two basketball. He's the D two player. He was our conference player of the year. He goes from playing D two ball to being at DePaul. Okay. In the Big East. Okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, the level, and it's funny you ask about the conference because D two surprised me. In a way, I never thought it would. You, you see these players. You think D2. What's your first thought?
1: Uh, IJV almost. like Yeah. It's not as top-tier quality. It's where you go to, you know, honestly, it's a tryout. You're, yeah. you're trying out against the rest of your team, against the rest of the conference, to try to get into that transfer portal yeah. to go to a D1 school. If you're if, – and that, that's mm-hmm. some of the players, I think – D two players are also those guys who played in high school and they had a, a love for the sport and they Dude. would love to continue to play but maybe they don't also have those maybe, top five yeah, offers. Yeah, maybe, know, maybe, but, maybe they didn't yeah. get
0: you know offered by a uh, exactly. by a division one. Kid. That's where you really get
1: a lot of the passionate scrappy guys who are there for literally the love of the game mm-hmm. and I think that's that's a very underrated side that people don't really think about. But oh, is that yeah. pretty accurate? What, where, yeah, I'll, no, I mean I, I, I think you guys are.
3: I got to be honest with you, I kind of had like a maybe a similar. Uh, a similar perspective until you actually start coaching, you scouting, and you're preparing against these teams night in and night out. It's ama- It amazes me how well, just how good some of these guys are at these schools. Uh, yeah. Because every team's got, you know, three or four guys who can just shoot it from 50 feet out consistently. Damn. And you're just like a bunch of Steph Curry, and Dame Lothers out there. Like, huh? You're just like these guys pull up and they drill it, and then they come down. They'll do it again. You're just like. Oh, what are they
1: we, doing here? Wait, what, the what the heck? Yeah, and you're like, you know, this is me coming from Division 1, so I'm like, what? Like, you didn't, We didn't have you know guys who could do that in Kentucky. What the hell is this? Right. <laughs> so you're like, we were all blown away. I was blown
3: away my first year there, and I think it's one of the things, even Coach Bertney talks about it, and he's our head coach, and he's just like, man, it blew me away at how well people shoot the basketball at this level. So the Division 2 level, it uh, it opened a lot of new perspectives for me, man, but it's been a it's been a, a wild ride to say the least, but because um, I mean I was kind of I was a volunteer assistant my first year, yeah, and then worked my way now into our, our assistant role. So I'm I'm our only returning assistant from last year's staff. Uh, we had a whole new staff come in in terms of uh, I had my my friend and he's a good friend of mine, and now he's he works with me, Deontay Ferguson. He's our other assistant. And uh, Justin Irwin, he's our, our director of uh, strength, performance, and conditioning. Mm-hmm. And so, whole new staff came in, and um, we, uh, yeah, it's been you guys uh, looking looking good this season. You feeling good? We're three and zero right now. If we can, hey, I think hey, if we, we can play, if we can play, and you know everything can can kind of get back to some sense of normalcy, and we can get on a routine. Yeah, I think we have a chance to be really good. Um, we've got a lot of guys back from last year's team, and these kids, man, I give them a lot
1: of credit. They they work hard, man. They really do. So that, that brings me a couple, I got a couple questions. I, I, yeah. I, let's, the first one I want to ask is, you know, you touched on it with that this season and, you know, coronavirus and being being able to play. And it's like, how how are we going to continue? What kind of impact has you been, you know, kind of coaching for the past four to six <laughs> years at the collegiate level now? So it's like, yeah. okay, well, what how has it been for these past few months and how has it, Do you think it's going to evolve, keep changing, Mm -hmm. or what what do you see?
3: Well, I see
1: my side of things is this I see that the game,
3: like you said, it's tough from, I think it's tougher on the kids more so than anything. So, as coaches, and especially with Coach Burton, he's always preaching, you know, you always got to be ready, pop and go. He's got a saying, pop and go.
0: Mm -hmm. And
3: you could be preparing for a scout for one team while that team tests positive. So now, instead of playing this team Saturday, we're playing this team. And Completely new.
1: You didn't even – you guys
3: don't even – we haven't mm-hmm. scouted these guys yet. What the hell? Absolutely. So you just got to be able to go, you know, pop and go. So, okay, uh, whatever. You can't get frustrated. The biggest thing I think the challenge for us as a staff this year has really just been trying to keep our team together. Because you're Man. asking college kids.
1: Let's think about this now. College kids. 18- <laughs> to 24-year-old kids here. The you're most level-headed of, of all the kids of all generations, right? Yes.
3: You're asking these—they
1: these know everything. Oh,
3: know everything. They never get into trouble. They never do any, you know, crazy yeah. things. But you're, you're asking these kids to stay <laughs> inside, essentially, to not go out, not be at, you know, nightclubs and bars and parties and where there's large gatherings. And uh, you know, you're asking these kids to do that. You're asking these kids to. Uh, go to class be on all these zoom calls at 8 a.m for class man
1: they can't even get James harden to do that and they pay him 40 some million dollars a year <laughs> what the hell you expect these kids to do I mean right. come yeah. on man that's crazy so it's, it is nuts from that
3: operational side of things so you know uh, to our credit our guys have done a really good job and I think this is a battle a lot of coaches could probably attest it's it's trying mentally more i think on our student athletes to try to say hey you know, stick stick with it. Just stick with it. Eventually, this time will pass. Because our kids, they just keep look. I feel like a lot of these kids are just keep looking. They keep saying, "Well, when is it gonna pass?" Yeah, they're tired. That's a question I, I don't think, and I don't know if any of us could even answer. You know, I don't know what what the landscape's gonna be like. I wish I had an idea. I I, I think for what we'll see, I do think we'll get the NCAA tournament. Yeah, you right. think we're gonna have March Madness this year? Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I just think there's, I think there's too much money to be lost again, <laughs> again, Again? Yeah. you know. And I know you guys, especially us. I mean, we were all, we were all really, really bummed. I'm ripping this jersey right now, man. I don't. I, want to I, I,
0: I, just, I will never
1: me. get over Dayton not being able to play in the tournament. For that. We I may we never may as get well over will just that. pull an Alabama. And just consider that season the Dayton Flyers national champions what? season I, Yeah. In well, 2020. And I think that, <laughs>
3: that's the thing is I don't know did you, did you guys see like the Nate Oates deal with him calling out coach uh, coach Shefsey, Nate Oates the head coach at Alabama. I did not. I because Coach K Coach K's got a side of listen this is safe I don't he canceled the remainder of his non conference games at Duke. Okay. And Coach Oates basically asked a question to the media saying. Uh, if if Coach K hadn't lost two non-conference games back to back, would he would he be wanting to cancel
1: the remainder? of his Oh, so got a little devil advocate answer yes. right there, question right there. It's just like, oh, interesting. You didn't. If you would have won those games. You still would have canceled them, huh? Mm-hmm. Just like like any answer Coach K would give would satisfy that guy. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah, right. What a jack off. So, I don't know it, the guy, so whatever. It is what it is, and the way I saw
3: it with Nate Oaks was like. He also brought a good point, though. He said, I think our kids
0: need to be playing basketball.
1: Uh, they could about... be getting into trouble, man. Like, you, you, you think these kids are going to stay at home and, and quarantine, like, good little boys and girls? No. Man, I
0: remember that was no that was the big out. conversation we when it first yeah. happened, when they're, like, and,
1: send these kids home. It's like, sometimes that's not the better decision. You, you literally have them in an isolated environment full of people their own age. Yeah who, this seems like if there's a place and a time to get it, that's it. Taking them and sending them home to their parents were possible uh, infections for uh, high-risk patients, That's yeah. doesn't seem very smart. And, and plus, like, some people don't come from
0: the best of backgrounds. Like, sometimes sending them home
1: is, is, is a, a worse living
0: situation than them on a college really. campus. Even if they are locked down on a college campus, can leave their dorm room, like, rarely or whatever it is. Sometimes right. it's just... It's so, not as good a situation. I remember when they first canceled it and we're thinking about it. That was a huge, just huge like factor in this. It. just like, what are you gonna do with all these kids?
1: They don't know. There's, they don't, I mean, for this year, it was
0: you can't go, you, you can't go home. You, can, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. That's kind of what it was. <laughs> it was. You don't care where you go, just can't be
1: here. Mm-hmm. So going into this season, it's already underway. We've already played a few games. Coronavirus is still around. We are getting. Vaccines and whatnot, but probably probably not at our level for for a number of months. But, Mm well, I think. Me
0: being in healthcare, I'll get one within the
1: next two weeks. You'll
0: you'll, be I'm not trying to brag. I'm saying they are starting to roll out in hospitals across the country. Um, Politicians are getting them. Why they are essential, I don't know. And then once we get through them, I think we're going to start to see like celebrities. And then now the NBA and the NFL have come out and said, we're not stepping in line. Kudos to Adam Silver and uh, Goodell for saying that. Cause they well, easily that, well,
1: that one's more of, I, I will say kudos to them, but that's because they got some backlash from getting the the tests. Yeah, that's probably, but you know, they like,
0: get, how do they get a test? Yeah. A rapid test? Yeah. What? What's yeah. a rapid test? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> something, that's that's a something that's
1: not 100%. So that'll be interesting. I think this season's still going to be a little bit marred by the whole coronavirus mm-hmm. pandemic. Next season, hopefully, it will not. Damn. But going forward, like you said, it's still going to be trying to fight for some normalcy. Oh,
3: the, yeah.
1: the second thing I wanted to ask you was uh, you had mentioned some scouting and mentioned you know prospects. And I wanted to get your perspective or we wanted to get your perspective on what you look for. Because you've done a little bit of scouting. You've, done, yeah. you've, you've seen some high school players. You've gone and traveled and yeah. you, you've looked at. You know, some some guys you've heard about already and you don't really know, you've watched highlight reels. What do you look for? What is something that you go out and you see, okay, player to player, point guard to center? What's something consistently across the board that you're looking for? Are they a winner? Are they a winner? Do they, you know, you go watch?
3: I always like, that's why I always like to watch, you know, I like to watch games, whether it's AAU, um, whether it's high school, uh, juke code, you name it. Um, I always like to watch full games on some of these kids just because, I, you know, I want to see, are they, Are they a winner? Do they have a factor to them where it's like when it's crunch time, it's five minutes to go, are they the same kid, are they the same player when it's, you know, they're up 15 and he's having a good game? Mm -hmm. Are you the same player when you maybe haven't seen the ball go in? Do you still play with that intensity on the defensive end? Are you still getting after it? Are you still making plays for your teammates when you're down five and, you know, it's crunch time? Um, you know, I, I like to recruit winners. Um, I also think there's two – some guys you can just see, they don't – some of these kids, I'm serious, you know, it's sad to say, but some of these kids, you know, they grow up, I don't think they've ever been taught how to win. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you see a kid who's got all the talent in the world. Who just doesn't know how to use just it. just doesn't know how to use it. And I, I, I'll be, I'm I, a big believer in sometimes taking a chance on those kids. Yeah. Just because, you know what I mean, you, you take a kid like that who has all the tools, he just needs some development – you know, you could turn
1: him into a really good ball player. Yeah, um, I mean that's that's huh. what that's high potential right there. You know, it's it's one of those
2: mm-hmm.
1: you're you're taking a, a flyer on a guy. You know, you're really yeah. you're like, hey, I see something in this kid. Who, if you if coached the right way and he's, he buys in and he believes, this kid could be something special. And I think that's something. Mm-hmm. You know, have you had that experience yet where you've gotten to see that come? Come to fruition, you know. Yeah, are there any guys who, who come to mind? Yeah, I um, you know, I, it's actually kind of
3: uh, interesting you say that. One of the uh, kids that we've got on our on our team at Tusculum right now uh, is James West, and obviously we found James during uh, uh, the COVID period, mm-hmm. and it, it was through an email. Um, you know, as coaches we get you know anywhere between ten to twenty emails a day at least at the D2 level, at the division one level, you probably get 50 and yeah. at the high power fives, you probably get a hundred just for kids saying, Hey coach, here's my game. Don't take a chance. If you need to, you know, if you're looking for a player at this position or that position. So I come across his film um, and whatnot and I'm watching this film and he's pretty good. And he's like, okay, he's pretty good. You know, and then you start calling. I called, uh, called him, I think a day after I saw his highlights and stuff and was talking to him a little bit and, Uh, His dad had said, Hey, you know, I'm gonna shoot you some more film on him. Really, really look and watch this kid. So you're watching this kid, and you see he's got all the talent in the world. He's got everything that it takes to that you want. He can shoot it, he can drive. He's kind of like a, a poor man, Steph Curry. Um, so he's a point guard? Yeah, play, he can play the one or the two. I think. Okay. Um, I think right now in our system, the way we the style of play that we're playing right now, he does a much better job. I think at the two for us. What kind of what kind of system do you guys run? Uh,
1: run? We've run, we
3: kind of it's funny. So our head coach, he's uh he's an old school guy, mm-hmm. um, very defensive minded, rebound, and I think that's what has separated us from a lot of the other teams, and it's why we've had such a quick turnaround, given where we're at. Because before we before he even got the job there. Uh, you can, you know, I don't know how much digging you did into Tusk when coming into this. I know Nathan's kind of the statistician of the group here and, and does the research. Or at least I think he does. I don't know.
0: Obviously. I come the most prepared to every podcast. Uh-huh. In uh-huh. yep. <laughs> Look at this yeah. packet I made last oh, time.
2: Wow.
3: Yeah, coming into this, when we took over the job I mean, we Tusk, uh, they were averaging, I think they had Back to back season where it was like six wins per year. They were like six and twenty something.
1: That's tough. And they hadn't had a
3: winning season in about I think seven eight years. Mm. So we took over the job. Coach Burke, first year he got a he had a winning season in sixteen and thirteen. Last year we won nineteen games. And this year you know we're trying to you know obviously there's going to be some trying to Keep times, going, yeah. but Just try to keep building, try to keep going. And so for us to change the program. You know, Coach Burton, I think, had a huge philosophy of his defense and his rebounding, and it showed. Last year in NCAA, we were actually we were the we, and amongst Division one and Division two teams, we led all of college basketball offensive rebound as a team. Damn. You know? Yeah, it was it was something that really like. Damn. Second my, I didn't chance points, know. man. Second chance points, right there. Yeah, I didn't even know. I was talking to a, a buddy of mine from Coca, which is a team in our league, and he was just like, "Yeah, He's like the way you guys rebound the ball." He's like, "I mean, I see why you're number one in the country." I'm like.
1: What? huh. Number oh, yeah, one in the yeah, country. Right.
3: <laughs> so you go look there it is,
1: toss them, you're like, oh wow. <laughs> you find out from somebody you're not, it's not even on your team. Yeah,
3: yeah so, so it was uh, <laughs> it's uh, but that's who Coach Burton is. So this year we've kind of changed uh, to more of a um you know, you see a lot of what the NBA's doing is they just space to that four corner set uh uh-huh. and they have kind of a middle ball screen and they just kind of play. They put so they either, keep it either drive
1: forward. or pass.
3: Yeah, just kind of – it's honestly, you, you watch our offense. I mean, I think anybody could figure out what we do. It's just, can you stop it? Yeah. And I think sometimes that's the those are the best offenses is when kids start knowing, hey, after this ball screen, I, I just got to play. You know, be a player. Take what the defense gives me. And, yeah. Um, to our credit, you know, Coach Burton's done a really good job and, and our other assistant, Deontay, has done a really good job helping, um, helping me along with this because there were some things I tried to put into our offense and they both were looking at you me know, like saying, hey, man, keep it simple. Mm -hmm. I just keep it really simple. Like don't add too much to it because these are kids here we're working with. Let's let them play. And so these kids, it's just a four corner out. And, um, a kid like James West, when you are watching him on film, you know, he kind of had a really odd career. Um, he was, uh, really highly ranked and he had a lot of division one offers coming out of high school. Um, He had teams like Maryland and and whatnot on, I mean, power fives. And so he ends up going to Mount St. Mary's, um, some things that ended up not really working out. So he goes, plays there for two years, decides he wants to transfer. And he basically sat out a whole year of college basketball, mm-hmm. um, because he had surgery. And so he was out for a second and he really didn't play his second year either. So he had, I, mean, I don't think he had touched a, a, di- a division one or two or any kind of court for a while. I mean, you know, he had been working out and whatnot back home and where he's from in Virginia, but he was a kid who hadn't really set foot on the floor. So when we got him, uh, Saw his film, really liked it. We took a chance and said, Yeah, you know what, I really like this kid's game. Uh my like junior now? So he's yeah, he's a, he's a he's technically a graduate transfer. Okay. He's got but he's got two now, I think three years of eligibility because of the blanket waiver that the NCAA has passed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So he already had two years of eligibility as a grad transfer because of how many you know, his red shirt year and everything else. Mm-hmm. Um so we got him and he's been one of those kids who's just consistently gotten better to now. You know, we're looking at him. I, I think James West has the potential to be an all-conference type player. Wow. But that's just the thing. You know, you just – you come, you watch his film, you're like, okay. But a lot of it, I'll be honest with you, came through word of mouth too. Just calling – I mean, it could be calling coaches. It could be calling people that have just seen him play. Guys like you that just, hey, I've seen this kid play. And like, what are your thoughts on him? I like honestly. I don't – you know, I don't like to uh, – when you call the high school coach or you call his AAU coach – you're going to hear great things about the kid nine times out of ten and which is rightfully so that's what right. you should be doing as an AAU or a high school coach you pump your kids
2: yeah alright you don't
3: you know You can say, yeah, hey, you yeah I don't know he's really just not yeah. uh, I like to call guys though, that are just hey have you seen this kid play who could be average joggers yeah that I know you know what I mean like what, did, what were your thoughts on him? just because I want to hear you know hey because he's not going to have a bias he's not going to have he's got no
1: stake in the game it's like hey yeah, if my opinion yeah. is you know I'm going to shoot straight with you that, that's yeah. that's a really good uh Good point to make because sometimes the people that you're asking, the people that you're you're trying to pull your information from, they've got stake in how well these kids do, you know, so you've got to find those sources who are going to be straight with you, who are going to sh- tell you how it is, and yeah, this kid, I liked him, you know, but he really just kind of, second, third quarter... Is where he shines, and then fourth quarter comes around, and he's not conditioned. He doesn't, you know, doesn't look like he's trying too hard. His defense is lackluster, whatever it is. Right. But you got to find those those honest uh, sources there. So, and uh, you know, the word of mouth,
3: the way they got John Moran was just through, you know, word of mouth. Is they were going to watch Tevin Brown, who's on Murray State's roster now. Mm-hmm. They were going to see Tevin Brown, and as they're on their way there to see him, you know, some guy calls and said, "Hey, while you're over here to see Tevin, you may want to take a look at this kid. His name's John Moran."
2: Oh yeah, Job.
3: And, Just, uh... and so they go in. and Of course, they watch him. Like, well okay, this kid's long. He's lengthy. He's got a chance. And you know, look. Of course, look what happened. Look what like he turned into. So. <laughs> yeah. Pretty good ball, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, rookie, rookie
0: of the year. Yeah, the rookie of the year, no big deal. Yeah. Out of Murray State, Murray, Kentucky. Yeah, can talk yeah all the right. you know, yeah. got to see him. Got to so see him. So that's yeah, that's one of the one of the talking points we wanted to ask you about because you you got to You played against him. First-hand. Yeah, First-hand knowledge of this game. Yeah, Uh, you you, you sat there, and you you sat there in in the conference room that week and said, oh, shit, what are we going to do, right? What do we do about this kid? (laughs) So what was it like for you to play against John Morant? How did you guys, like, game plan for him? Like, just the whole experience of, like, obviously you didn't know what he was going to do. You knew that he was special. You knew that he had a chance. But now Mm -hmm. he's, you know, NBA Rookie of the Year. He's looking like he's going to be a— Potential all star someday. Just high, high, yeah. future
1: Yeah. yeah. What? Just, literally, just tell us anything. This is. Yeah. This is. We're, we were salivating when we were like, he can come on. Wait, this guy played against John Rant, didn't he? We yeah. gotta hear what he just his thoughts on everything. <laughs> Which, just yeah.
0: go. So he's a bust, yeah. Yeah. he's, no, he's <laughs> not very good. I, I think, uh, I think
3: <laughs> like Nathan's and not Nathan's best shooting day. He could be in. Sure. I bet. I bet. Uh, John Moran was just one of those guys. I, I got to be honest with you. You know, and I mean, I got a chance to see D'Angelo Russell when he was at Ohio State. Um, you get, a, and I, I thought D'Angelo was a really good player just because of his court vision. But John Moran, going into that, I just remember watching my film, and his—it's like his court vision was just at a whole nother level. Some people always said the only guy that could ever see all ten guys on the court, the five offensive guys and the five defensive guys, was Larry Brown. All right, mm-hmm. now I'm a firm believer that that's not true because I think John Moran could see everybody on the court and knew what everybody was doing anytime he had the ball. He was the most dangerous in transition because he could get the ball at let's say the free throw line and look up court and throw a spot on, perfect alley oop across three quarters of the court now to mm-hmm. Shaq Buchanan, who was just a high flying jumper, and he'd go up and get it and slam it. Jeez. And you had to worry about that. You had Tevin Brown, who was uh, – he's been top 10 for three straight years now in the NCAA in shooting. So people wonder why Murray State's always so good. They've done a good job fitting their system. So you had him running wide in transition. So you had a shooter running wide. You've got a high-fire run into the basket for alley And he'd come up, and they would run a lot of double ball screen stuff, high double ball screen roll and replace action Mm -hmm. and Ja could read whatever you did we tried the first time we played him we tried icing him a little bit we tried icing him and he uh he would turn down he'd get to the rim and he'd find either the open big on the help or he'd get in throw uh throw throw up one of his patented floaters Mm -hmm. sometimes he'd just shoot just for the hell of it just because we weren't we weren't in his uh we weren't in his bubble enough and he would just say you know what
1: uh, I'm going to take it. Yeah.
3: And so then the second time we played him, I think we tried to do more of just a try to switch and, and do more man to man, just trying to maybe get through the screen. And he still picked us apart. I think he had a triple double at our place when we played him the second time. He had a triple double with 10 minutes to go in the game still. So had a triple double. I oh got We were down 40. So, you know, they, they took him out for rest of as, as should. Uh, but uh, John Moran was just a, a sight that, you know, it was cool to see, though, because he, he kind of, I mean, Everywhere he went, he was a, he was a household name. I mean, I was at Moorhead State for five years, and I mean, I hate to say it because it was, you know, because of some other team and some other star on their team, but it, it was the first time I ever saw LST Johnson and Moorhead sh- sell out. Yeah. You know, John Ram shows up to town, and the whole place was jumping.
2: Yeah. You know,
3: I'd never seen that before, and so you know, I, mean, I hated that it was my last game. That was my last game, home oh, wow. game as a Moorhead State Eagle. Uh, was John Moran giving us giving us the work and losing yeah, by forty.
1: Giving him the business. <laughs> but he was
3: by heart he was probably the most fun I've ever had watching. Um, you know, trying to prepare against a guy like that. You just, you know, it's there just, wasn't much you could do. just maybe contain. But even then, he just was so good. And that's that's the that's the thing I love about basketball is hey, you know, you can try your best to game plan. You can do all the scouting you want, but at the end of the day it really just comes down to players on players. And John Moran was probably the best I've ever seen, hands down. Uh, I don't even think it's
1: close. He's he's got a, a long bright future ahead of himself in the NBA. Right? I mean, just to see, to hear about where he's come from and, and his collegiate level, mm-hmm. um, even watching him in the NCAA tournament was just mm-hmm. kind of electrifying. Making it through, past the first round, yeah. I I can't remember if they made it past the second. Um, I don't, know if they I don't but, think
3: they did. I think they did. I think they ended up losing. They lost that to was it the the. the uh, not the Suns, but
1: um, no in the uh, in the NCAA tournament. Oh, in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, yeah they actually yeah. made it past the first round, but they ran up against a really tough Florida State team. That's Florida State, yeah, That's and they ran up is. against Florida State. But that was yeah, just yeah. fun to watch. You love to see those kind of kind of Cinderella story teams.
0: I like I like to see players like that from. I mean. Not even like a mid major, like non non power five, and then you think like the next almost like group of five. You I know, mean, you think of the A ten, the American, which uh, Cincinnati's in. You think of what the Mountain West, where Gonzaga is, and BYU mm-hmm. and <laughs> St. Mary's, and then you have, then you have the OVC, like no no events. But then you have the OVC, and to see a guy come yeah. from that's going to see players come from mid majors and be like. You're looking at like McCollum, right? Lehigh, yeah. right? And then CJ mm-hmm. McCollum, and then and then Damian Lillard came from a small school as well. It's like it's great to see that you've got these players who weren't these McDonald's All-Americans coming yeah. in and still being able to achieve it and make it to the next level, which is great to see. And that's why I you love to see mid majors play well. You love to see teams like Villanova. Win at all with a bunch of juniors and seniors. Like Villanova, they get good recruits, but they're not pulling four or five all McDonald's All-Americans every year. They get one yeah. every one, two year, one or two years. Everyone's a senior on that roster, yeah. and they just know how to play basketball. They, they develop and that, and that's hard. what we were talking about when we were talking about the NBA draft. Because we were talking about um, oh, what's he got drafted Bay. by? Sadiq, Sadiq Bay. Bay. And we're like, he's from Villanova. He's a three-year so, guy. So you know he knows that He's player. not going to be a bust. Villanova players just aren't really busts because they're just so solid because they've been coached well for three or four years. And I feel like that's what you get with more mid-major program players because, you know, it's not one like or done. They've will. been they've been through They've done
1: this two or three years. Yeah. I mean, you go through and you see all the different players. I mean,
0: Steph Curry went to Davidson,
1: right? Yeah. It's – one-and-dones are great because they can make it on talent. But if you don't backfill that talent with IQ and experience, talent wasted. Mm-hmm. You get these guys, on the other hand, who go through the three-year, four-year process of they've got Andrew some – Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> they've got some, some talent, but they, yeah. they decide to hone that a little bit and try to develop it into something that they can yeah. make and a I, career out
3: of. I mean, I and I think – I mean, don't get me wrong. I think it's it's – I get why the NBA has the, the rule in place and the system in place. is because, you know, I think everybody wants to see some of those guys right after college. Like, let's see what they do in the
0: NBA. You know, Everyone everyone wants to see Zion.
3: You know what I mean? Everybody wanted to see what's Zion going to be like in the NBA. But, you know, put this in perspective here, okay? Imagine a system where the NBA is, say, they do something like the NFL. They make a kid stay to where he's like, he has to have three years of schooling. Mm-hmm. Because here's the thing. How many Zion Williams are there out there that are in the draft? And the way I see it, the NBA, and I don't think a lot of people look at it from this perspective, I think it's poisoning the college game. And here's why. Sure, it's great to see, you know, those those guys, those the Steph Zions, Currys, the those Steph Zions,
1: Currys. who are making a hell of money, just balling <laughs> out. Absolutely. And but never... the game that they play in the NBA is not how they played in college. Well, is it? college is it's
3: kind of like you know it, it college sure it's a business but let's say in college you're not playing to your your best of your abilities what's going to happen you'll be on the bench maybe transfer to another school maybe you come back and have a good season the next year in the nba a little bit different if you haven't got your name out there and you're not producing it's a business, so you get cut,
2: mm-hmm. you
3: know, and then you're bouncing around on the market. Okay, nothing's there, so then maybe you try your luck in the G League, you know. And I think the G League's done a, a substantially better job over the past couple of years, offering more incentives for these guys to play, yeah, to try to help them for those who have families and stuff like that. But then you know, you got to look at them overseas. From my perspective, you look at why the transfer portal in college basketball keeps getting backed up year and after year. I mean, it, it was over a thousand kids
0: this past year. Wow. That is you think about it and is that, is, that, is that just basketball That's just that's just that's just division 1 All sports are basketball
3: Just basketball division just 1 G1 basketball over 1, a 1000 players But think about that from the perspective of too I look at it and this is why I say I think the NBA it's hurting that rule is hurting college basketball because if I'm a if I'm a junior I feel like I'm behind mm-hmm. because the NBA has now statistically shown they want to take the sophomore. Yeah, we need the the freshman. You're too old. You're too old. They're so big
1: on that. Do you have any idea how frustrating it was to hear in going into this draft, the guy's jersey I'm wearing right now, Obi Toppin. Oh, but, he, but he's, he's 20, so old. He's 22. 20, 22. He's so old. 23 years old. Meanwhile, us 25, 26 year old guys are like, damn, man, when did that happen? How are we be this old? <laughs> like, and I'm saying that we were, we're going <laughs> right, to. I'm sorry, wasn't ahead, Vince but,
0: Carter 40 and he just retired?
1: Yeah, are you serious right now? I get having projected value and being the younger player and having more value because you're able to be in the league longer. I get that. But you cannot look at me and say, a 19 year old with one-year experience as a redshirt freshman or uh, a redshirt sophomore is going to be a better player than a 23-year-old junior senior who's put in the time, who's put in the effort to develop the skills and become an NBA player. What's weird is we
0: don't think about – you think about football though, right? Like they don't worry about how young the player is. And you have a shorter career in football, but they're not worried about – you know, having a 22-year-old quarterback oh, yeah. versus
3: well, 19-year-old a 19-year-old here in the draft. I think he's too late to the party. Mm, that's tough, man. Yeah, it's I don't tough. know. He's, he's – <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't
1: yeah. know.
3: Joe Burrow, I think he's stayed a little bit too I long. Know, to right? issue, you know, I just I don't know. They like
1: to say they're NBA-ready, but they're going to be a good role, role player. He's yeah. like, come on, man. You, you're selling this guy short before you've even seen him play against NBA players, which Yeah. hedge your bets, do whatever you got to do to make sure you can continue putting out – Material and whatnot, but come on, I'm tired of hearing about how old players are. Malcolm Brogdon won Rookie of the Year at 24 years old. Get out of here,
0: four-year Virginia man.
1: Four Four years, years. because he's smart and he knows what he's doing.
2: Yeah, Yeah.
3: and I think that's it's just, but it goes to show that's just you know that's my personal opinion with it, you know. But I I get would you would you rather they take out the one and done rule? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I here's my thing. Do you take out the one and done rule, or do you add? My one thing one. is, I honestly, I hate to say it, and because people are gonna, you know, I mean, you guys feel free to disagree. I, you know, I, I don't need a bunch of yes men. Um, my thing is, I, I'd rather see them go back to the system of okay, go back to where if you choose to go to college, you at least have to stay at college for maybe say two or three years, mm-hmm. depending on what they think's best. And if not, maybe give the high school kids that are coming out of high school right away. Who want to try their luck in the NBA draft? Let him go out of high school. Yeah,
2: you know so, what I mean. Just
3: I'm serious. If you want, if it's that important to you, for the Zion's of the world, who nobody, I mean, people. I think we love seeing him at Duke. We love to see what he could do on a on a nationally televised stage, night in and night out. Yeah, but why, why make him go through that? Why Money. make him risk? That, that injury. injury and not money for
1: you him. Know? It's not money for him. It's, it's money, money for, for the for university. college universities to, to be able to sell those ad times, TV space, whatever, yeah. and be able to fill the stands. So I think I, I completely agree with you. If they if you have those high school players who want to try their luck and go from high school straight to the NBA, let them. But I think you also give them a clause if they're not
3: if they're not happy with their projection of their draft, let come Well, that's what they have
0: now. That's the rule now. Have. They, um, the rule now is, you can, as long as you don't sign with an agent, you mm-hmm. can go, you can put your name in the draft, you can get evaluated, you can see where you're at. As long as you don't sign with an agent, you can come back. So maybe they do something like the same way. Okay, How here's, here's the rule. High school, or you got to go to college for two years, and it's as long as you don't sign an agent, see where you're at. And then, if you don't like it, then you can go back. Now, the only issue I had the only like issue you might run into is the recruiting season right like when like you're recruiting all year round okay well you're if you don't know you don't want to save a roster spot for this one guy who may not be available because he does decide to go in the draft so I think that's kind of uh, something you'd run up to maybe you have to make a deadline for your decision whether or not you are going to college or you're going to go straight to the NBA and then even if so even if you decide agent going to go to the NBA You might get put on the G League, and I heard uh, someone say maybe the G League starts to turn into a little more like baseball, where it's a farm team. Yeah, where you have a farm team, where you gotta go, you gotta put your work in. Like that's how that works. So here's the The number one pick in baseball doesn't immediately go and play third base for the Astros Astros or whatever. No, he goes and
1: plays for the farm league for three years. You gotta think about growth population growth over over a period of time. In the beginning, there was just a few teams. There are some colleges feeding into it. We've expanded that to an entire nation, international even, Mm -hmm. of player a player pool trying Mm -hmm. to vie for these fifteen roster spots on each team. Yeah, you are going to have players who are entire their whole lives are dedicated to trying to get to this goal right here. You're gonna have more than 15 guys a team mm-hmm. trying to get those spots, so you need to either expand. I mean,
0: that's why our pre- the preseason rosters are 20 plus people deep.
1: Exactly, yeah. you got to find a way to get some of these guys some court time to see what you've really got, or expand the rosters, or expand the leagues from the NBA to the G League to the yeah. H Over, League, yeah, whatever overseas. you want to call that's it. You the see problem. a lot
0: of players play overseas yeah. too. I mean, look at um. And from a business P.J. Tucker,
2: yeah.
3: From a business standpoint. Think about it, if you did go with maybe that system that you talked about, Nathan. I mean, we've been in Dayton for how long? I mean, put a put a, a minor league team for basketball in Dayton?
1: Whoa! Oh, I think you'd sell G- Oh it's my God, if, if Dayton got a G League basketball team, that would be unbelievable. You know what I mean? If you the right spots, I yeah. think there's all kinds of basketball. You're telling
3: me in Indiana... Besides Indianapolis, Indiana has some of the best high school basketball in the country. They're oh, really, the a yeah. die-hard basketball state. These, these, yeah. these, You're these telling me you could put a G League team there? What yeah. about Louisville, Kentucky? You know I mean? Yeah, there's places all over the country. I think mm-hmm. small, Walmart, small, market small markets, baby, small market basketball
0: towns. I mean that's what you 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 go and you look at like. Akron, Ohio, okay, well, there's a feeder baseball team. Cincinnati, there's a feeder hockey team. Dayton, Ohio, there's a feeder baseball there, there, team. There's a feeder baseball team. There was a feeder the ho- hockey, hockey team. The, the Dayton, the Dayton <laughs> Gems used to be a hockey team, too. But in, to your point, and using the example of Ohio, you did that with soccer. You, you, put, it, you put in this the FCC, FC Cincinnati, and they were, a bottom, they were a low league team. And the city completely took in that team. Like, I'm sorry, right now, if you... COVID not an issue, there'd be more people at an FCC soccer game than at a Reds game, a Bengals game, a Cincinnati Bearcats basketball or football game. Absolutely. The city of Cincinnati loves FC, FC Cincinnati soccer. So if you can find hubs like that, it's there. Yeah, it is. It's there. You just got to find the right place. And maybe that isn't. Maybe you're expanding. Yeah. Maybe there's more than the G League. Yeah, hey, I mean, find you wouldn't
3: it. have ticket sales? Imagine a, you know... Uh, the Pelicans put in that G League roster on, uh, at Dayton. You know, I mean, this place would go nuts just to see Zion Williams play a few, you know, have oh my God. six, you know, five to six months and he's
0: in Dayton, Ohio? Are you mm-hmm. kidding me? I mean, look how much, like, people, like, they sell out Arena every night. And then they sell the first four. That The two 16, first
1: 16 matchups are two nobodies. And they still sell out the arena for them. Because we, the city, this is a big plug for the city of Dayton right here, people, but... Uh, the city of Dayton loves basketball. You have the. Just and we're not the bit. only ones out there. There are so many cities out there, so many small market cities who love sports and love basketball and just. They're, I mean, I think they're already talking about possibly expanding the league again. The yeah, NBA. I can see that. I so saw that. It, it's always in contention to I'm gonna continue bring back expanding. the uh, Sonics. I'm for Sonics. it. Yeah. I'm all for it.
0: They just put a, they're putting a hockey team in Seattle, so why not throw, a, throw why, a why not right bring, the bring the Sonics back?
1: But going back to yeah. the, the one-and-done rule, I'm all for doing away with it. The one-and-done is fine. Get it, get it out of here. And if you want to have high school to NBA, that's fine. Always give them the option to go back to college or go to college if they don't like their their, their projection. However, if you do go to college, I think that it is worthwhile to go for multiple years. Right now, it's, it's at the point where you go for one year is all you really need, and then you can go to the NBA. I would put a minimum at two, because mm-hmm. that makes it more of a decision of, okay, yeah. do I really want to go to college, or do I want to try my luck at the NBA? And if you try your luck at the NBA, and it works out great, if it doesn't work out, you can still go to college, but you, you still have that experience of knowing, I tried my luck at the NBA. That shit was hard. I need some time to get some more experience, more court time, more opponents, mm-hmm. All my skills.
3: And I have to say it, but I, I also have thought about, you know, at the college game, I think it'll benefit the NBA. Oh, yeah. I think you get a better stay, quality product. You get a better quality product. And I've always thought about putting in a transfer rule in college. Because here's the thing. What's, I think what, you what, see what, a lot of talented mean? players come through college. But because they don't stay at one or two institutions and they bounce around. I mean, there's kids now we're getting. And you look at their transcripts and they've been to three different schools. And you're getting them. You know, Where and you're I'm like, in. wow. And I mean, but I'm serious. And you look at it. I think kids are being taught right now because of the rule. You know, they feel like I'm behind. I'm not getting the shot attempts I need, or the points. If I can't if, the rule, I can't, I if I can't do, role on this team to be, if, if I can't play here, guy. I'll play somewhere else. I'll play somewhere else. Whereas I think you would see the NBA. The NBA would see a lot more crop of talent. I think come through. Imagine a guy stays at a school for four years, plays his role the first two years, and then steps into that
1: role his junior and senior year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is what a lot of coaches plan for. I mean that's oh, think th- from th- high school that's kinda how it was. You're a freshman, you don't mean shit. Sophomore year, you mean less than shit. Junior year, senior year is when you actually start to get some clout and get some respect about mm-hmm. all right, you you put in your time, you yeah. you've done yeah. things the and, yeah, quote that, unquote right yeah. way.
0: And that system still allows for your anomalies, you know, oh, your yeah. lebrons to go to your Kobe's, Dwight Howard's to go straight to the league if they want to. You're always going to ruffle, yeah. ruffle feathers yeah. when you. And let I think that I think it might bring a little more parity to college basketball because all of a sudden, you know, now everyone's kind of on the playing field of the non-power five teams. Everyone is now. Now we see, okay, Kate, you can coach a system and you can coach egos, but how well can you actually coach and develop a player? I'm yeah. not saying that these power five conference coaches aren't good at what they do. But I see you see a lot more player development. Yeah. At, on the, yeah. at the non power five because yep. you've got these you players to. before you have to if you want to compete. Like look at one of my, my biggest. Look at Xavier. You know I Dayton alum hate Xavier, but they started in the A10 and they built their way up. They had a solid team every year. They dominated the A10 and now they're in a power five basketball conference in the Big East. And that's how – and they've worked their way up by being that good every year by having that just solid rotation of all of a sudden you have to go up against Xavier. And it's like that's a bunch of juniors and seniors who know what they're doing. It's not a bunch of freshmen who've never played before. These guys have played together for four years. They know what they're doing. I think you would see that more in college basketball. And I'd argue you'd see – these do, do it, it, you know, it might be harder for mid-major teams if all of a sudden you got a Duke team who's got four all all McDonald's All-Americans who played together for three mm-hmm. years. Then, then that's that's a dominant team, but there's also no guarantee that they're. I That's think gonna what you're happen. saying too
3: is being perfectly exemplified at the University of Kentucky right now. I mean, a lot of people. It's crazy to think John Calipari and the resume he's had at the University of Kentucky to now being where he's at. I look at that. I mean, think about it. Kentucky fans want him gone. He's one in five. Worst start in program history since the 20, since the, what, 1926? Wow. And they want him gone? And they want him Wow. Because the the expectation is he's got to win every year because, well, he's got the best players. Okay. It's like you said. We talk about player development. I don't think there's enough focus that goes into player development anymore.
1: because They've got got the talent. We don't need to develop. They've got enough
3: talent. They've got enough talent. You know what I mean? They've got so much talent on the floor. They They should be beating North Carolina. I mean, look at Richmond Spiders. They walk into Rupp, Rupp Arena and beat them on their home floor, and
0: people want to hang cow for it. That's a Richmond is an experienced and, 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 team, and, and I, I, good team, the, the good this, team that has been playing together the, for years. This, the second that this season started, I said eight Richmond Spiders will win the A ten championship. The they are a they. A-10. That's a good team too, and <laughs> I, I'm fearing There's them. Richmond, yeah, yeah, Richmond is. Again, they had a couple of injuries last year, but they were still good. They're all juniors and seniors. They yeah. got a great backcourt. And same thing with St. Louis. They're old. They've all played together. And what scares me as a Dayton fan, because we struggle with rebound, that team leads is top five percentage in rebounding. Those yes. their guards' rebound. That team is built. They will outwork any opponent. They've and been, that's what you see with these teams who are juniors and seniors. They outwork everybody. That's why I'll be honest with you. I would rather
3: watch nowadays with ESPN plus and everything, I'd rather watch a mid-major division one game than I would a power five. You know, not to dish the power fives. Power fives are always fun to watch those guys. Illinois, you know, flashy dunks, the, the alley stuff. stuff. But I love watching a mid-major game. You know, take a minute, watch Furman. No, it's a beautiful basketball. It's, it's a beautiful basketball. Beautiful basketball. basketball. Watch Furman for a change. Watch Belmont for a change. I always tell people, especially in my time in the OBC, if you ever wanted to watch poetry in motion, watch Belmont.
0: Well, watch, uh, Dylan, watch Dylan, how they well, run in transition. That wasn't Dylan Windler from Belmont. Yeah, yeah, the Cavaliers. Okay. Yeah, um, it, the land. The land. Yeah. Bland. But yeah, I, I agree. I mean that that's why you have upsets in the NCAA tournament because you have these teams who aren't playing on just talent, and when their talent isn't well, you know, when the talent the is just when the shots aren't falling, and it's just a, it's five individuals versus. One cohesive group, the cohesive group's gonna win. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 why it's why there's upsets and there's just a cylinderella story every year. Because one team who's all played together for a while peaks at the right time.
1: And it's it's one of those things where I, I think as we move forward, we're gonna get to a, a point of it there's gonna be a lot more parity in the league. The Kentuckys, the Dukes, the, even the Villanovas of the world, I think are gonna start to be more on the same plane. And we're going to start to see an elevation in some of these small market teams, these, these division two, II, division three schools who start to move around. I'm excited for it. I hope that the, I think the rule change is coming that the one and done rules get being done away with. I don't know if they're adding a rule that players who do go to college have to be there for a set number of years. We'll see how that works out. Well, I mean, they,
0: they've already allowed them to go to the G league for a yeah. year. So that's, that's a start. Like yeah. I think what the, one of the big prospects for next year when going yeah. to the G League.
3: Well, I, you know, I know a lot of fans. Like obviously, you know, um, being in Kentucky for the five years that I was, you know, I met a lot of the things fans. So I know they were really happy. They were really unhappy about um, uh, the kid they got from Logan J- Junior College. His name mean, was uh, uh, Scrubs.
1: Mm-hmm. Scrubs.
3: Scrubs. Yeah. Or Scrub. Jay Scrub. Yeah, Jay Scrub. <laughs> who went to, uh, yeah, he went to the right to the G League. He was originally committed to Louisville. Yeah. You know, but I mean, I, I, I kind of see value in that. You know, I mean, I hate that it was a situation where, you know, he was already playing junior college basketball. But at the same time, you know, I look at that. I think, I think that's a step in the right direction for the NBA. And I know people like Nick Cronin at UCLA are going to have something to say about it because they've lost a kid. They lost a, a very talented player to that. But I also think that what would you, you know – in terms of dealing with what you want to deal with, as me as a head coach personally, speaking from a head coach's perspective, if I'm a head coach and any of you guys are head coaches, what would you rather work with? A kid whose mind is, I just want to play, get my shots, get my minutes, and, and not and, to say and that that's the kid's fault, but that's just the reality of the situation, and then I want to get out and go to the league. Or would you rather have a kid who's like open to not only being coached and held accountable
1: that first year, but he's willing to play a role maybe maybe even yeah. not maybe even not play until he's ready he doesn't even i mean exactly you got to have confidence in yourself but also you have to know you have to have a, a basis in reality there's yeah. got to be some kind of i i can see that player across from me and i know he's better i want to be better than him one day so i got to work for it yeah you can't just always walk into every gym feeling like you're the best guy in there when you're not mm-hmm. like if you are great keep doing it but if you're not they it until you make it. has got a, some say in this thing, but you also have to show the fuck up.
0: You, gonna, you'd uh, rather have it. the player who walks in the gym and says, I'm the hardest working guy here.
3: Right. And I think you'll see an increase too with this being in place, but I don't understand why I, I see it from this perspective too of college coaches. I don't think if I'm a college coach, I'm dissing uh, and, and putting a lot of emphasis on trying to take this policy away of kids going from high school to the G leagues because I think as a college coach, a lot of places – you're given, it, especially the Division One level, you're given basically three years, usually, normally on a contract. They say, you have three years to turn this program around Yeah. and say you got to win. Or you got to keep the winning ways going depending on what job situation you take. You get three years really to prove yourself. Three years. And when you look at the grand scheme of things and you recruit and you do what you got to do, three years is not no. a lot of time. No, and I, feel, time. And
0: I, I feel like – we're kind of seeing that. To take Dayton for example, we had a we and we had a, some good recruiting classes when Archie Miller left, and then we kind of hit a drop off. And now we're on year four of Anthony Grant, and now we have a top forty five recruiting class for next year. Like we're starting to see, you know, it takes up. it takes a little bit for this coach to get in there and still his program. Was not drop him
1: Anthony Grant, or is he? He is an Anthony Grant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Him and
0: Jalen yeah. Crutcher were both Anthony Grant. It takes just a little bit to get there because then you know people see, and when you get a guy. Who's able to do what Anthony did with Obi? All of a sudden, people are like, well, "Look at what that coach did with him. He just he was he was a no, but he was a zero-star recruit, and now he is a lottery pick in the NBA."
1: Yeah. And so, going back to the same same kind of discussion point, it was to figure out what we want to do going forward with the one-and-done rule versus kids going from NBA – or from high school to college or the NBA. Uh, I I think what we wanted to hear from you, Justin, was what are you looking for in, I guess, a high school player? You say a winner. What defines a winner to you? What's what's somebody who – Yeah. Um,
3: You know, I think what defines
1: a winner is –
3: a lot of it, I'm. I have that mindset of do Do they play hard? Do they play with passion? Do they play with grit? Do they play with toughness? You know, and and do they play? Um, I always like to do just a little bit of research too. Do they stick to the script for? However long you're in, you know, uh, it's easy to start a game and you're, you got the hype, the energy, you just tipped off, you know, so you're flying around you're being a pest on defense. You're setting hard screens. You're making hard cuts. You're taking good shots, making good passes, you know, all that's great. But then when the game starts, the flow of the game gets going, it's going your way or it's not going your way. Are you the same? The third quarter. If you're in foul trouble, are you still playing hard? Are you still playing tough? Are you still being physical? Or are you, you know, looking more at right attitude. for attitude? I, I look at because I, I for me at the college level, you know, I think character I, people say you need, you know, good kids won't win you championships. That's the series. That's the that's the saying, at least at the college level, is good kids won't win you a championship because when, you know, push comes to shove, they're gonna shy away from the dogs of the world. They're not going to, you know, go after that moment. And I, I think differently. I think you have a good character kid on that team. He's going to take, they're, you know, they're going to make the right play at the right time. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't know. I look, a lot of it, I, I know it's kind of, kind of cheesy. Um, but I look for the attitude. I look for the character to be there. You know, um, I, you know, I want, obviously, you do have to have some ability. I'm not just going to watch a kid who, you know, plays hard, but if he can't shoot, and I need a shooter. Well, okay. Uh, of those, sorry. of those
1: tangible things, of those, there's yeah. a lot of intangibles that you want. That, that, that's definitely uh, a very important process. That's a make or break, really, is where that comes from. The the foundation, I think, comes from those tangible things: the the points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, whatever. What what on the floor? I guess shooters. Shooters. I I mean personally, I, volume oh or efficiency. I, I I say efficiency. Because... So if, he's, if he's only able to hit five threes a game, or let's take this back a little, would you rather have a guy who can hit three threes a game on five attempts, or would you rather have a guy who can hit five game, five threes a game on ten attempts? I would take
3: the efficiency over the volume. Um, I would take the first one, really. Yeah. Because, you know, here's the thing. Okay, sure, that guy takes... Five. He makes five for. He's fifty percent. That's fifty percent. That's still a hell of a percentage. I, I, you know, depending on in terms of what I what I recruit for personally, I think three nowadays is more than two. Mm -hmm. The two big system of in the old school style of bring it up, call a set, get it in the post, and either have that guy go score it or him kick it out for a late contest drive shot. Okay. I've seen the game change now where now you guys got, you know, okay, the second you go under a ball screen, they're pulling it from 40 feet, and they're drilling it. You know, that's just the, you know, thank you, Steph Curry, <laughs> for changing our game. You know, but that's that's the style of play that kids want to play now. And I I want to adapt with those times too. I want kids who, if they're going to come and I want the best out of them, I want them to feel like they can play at that level they want to play at, you know, because, I mean, think about it. If you're a college kid, and this is what – People don't understand at our level. You deal with college kids. So college kids want to do college things. And I give Villanova and Jay Wright all the credit in the world for teaching those kids a stride stop every drive, two feet on every on every drive to the rim, all that stuff. I mean, I, I kudo to him. But I also am a firm believer in I want to recruit a shooter who is more efficient versus more volume. I yeah. like to I, – I want – is this is me is that if I'm being a head coach now I want five shooters on the floor at all times yeah. I want my five men to shoot it I want my point guard to be able to shoot it because it stretches the floor Spacey so much man. and at the end of the day you can say what you want you've got to get your guys to play hard that's the most important thing because if, if those guys don't play hard you won't be in a lot of games point blank and simple but you give a guy's foundation to play hard and then you put an offense on top of that good luck I mean, I'm serious, you know, take your chances. I, good luck beating those kind of teams. The teams that play hard on the defensive end and can outscore you too, those are hard teams to beat. And if everybody on that court can shoot it, think about how many teams play with a big man that's got drop coverage nowadays, Yeah. that has a big – sure, you get that big center that weighs 230 and is 6'10", what are you going to do in ball screens? You're going to have him what? Play drop coverage. So what am I going to do? Shoot. I, wanna, I want a guy who can shoot. pop and shoot it. So you want to have the guard get through the screen? Okay, he's going to pop and shoot it. And if anything, he's going to extend your five-man out, open up the paint for back doors. That's why I want shooters. So when I go recruiting, I want a guy If he's not a good shooter, I'm not signing him with a scholarship. Put it like that. That's, <laughs> that's I'll what I'm looking him for. That's him i a walk-on. I'm not for. signing him if he can't shoot the three. And I now, think coaches
1: to, will tell you the same. There's something to be said for those blue guys, though. I'm Coming from a blue guy myself – wasn't a great shooter, but always looking for those rebounds and assists. Man, I go out every YMCA game I play. It's like, all right, boys, y'all are shooting the ball. I got rebounds and assists. All right, that's what I. That's where my my value comes from. Where Where do you put that in the in your realm of recruiting? I'd say if you were doing it from, let's put it like a
3: numbers game. I think I, if you have, if I'm if I have seven scholarships to give, I'm gonna give six of them to shooters. Yeah. The guy. And at the respective positions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take a chance on a blue guy. Now I'm not I don't want more than two or three blue guys. You really can't because then uh, I don't think, I, I think one you need maybe one to most them. at most two blue guys. Yeah. And preferably I'd love to I'd love the uh blue guy to be a walk. hmm Because, you
1: know what I mean, I don't know. I think Somebody comes to like mind that. That, that is uh the epitome yeah. of a blue guy is our boy uh, from Dayton, uh, Mr. Trey Landers, number yeah. three for the Dayton Flyers last year. The guy got rebounds. The guy got assists. The guy could shoot the ball. He was a three-baller. I, I played a couple of games with him in the Y. He was a shooter through and through, but he's one of those guys to also know that he's not the best shooter on the floor So he's not taking those shots. Mm -hmm. He wants to find the guy who is that that, that dude to make those shots. And there's something to be said for that for sure. Absolutely. And that's like I said,
3: I'm not saying a blue guy can't ever be in my starting five either, too. Don't get that twisted. If he's good enough to where he contributes when he's on the floor, you know, I'm all for it, you know. And um, at the same time, though, I I think a a guy I've really caught on to watching a lot of, and I don't know know how much college ball y'all watch, but uh, Dennis Gates, I think, has done a tremendous job at Cleveland State. He's yeah. on his second year there, and if you know, do some digging, because he 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 has a system where a I love his culture. He preaches, you know, for me, it's not about the four years that they're here; it's about the four years after. I'm here to prepare these guys for four years for the life after they leave my program. But he has four captains. He has a bench captain. He has an energy captain. I mean, he's got like five guys on his roster. That are captains, but you know, I'm thinking about this. I'm like, man, how cool is that? You got a guy that's really helping promote. You know, I have a role on this team, even if I'm not. Take him 20 shots a game, and think in college. I think that's huge, and I've, I've really become a, a huge fan of watching him and watching them. Is just because
1: I think that goes to show, man. Yeah, I think that that um, you know that's really what we want. We were looking to get your perspective from because it's. It's so important because we're just some guys <laughs> sitting on couches, drinking beer, watching TV, yelling at us it. like, how could you miss that shot? As we sit, you know, getting fatter and fatter by the minute, but <laughs> actually getting the experience and the uh, the insight from somebody who's, whose livelihood comes from being able to see something in guys that they don't even see themselves yet is so invaluable and we appreciate You know, everything you've you've been able to come out and, you know, share that stuff
3: with us. I appreciate you, and I appreciate you guys having me on. And at the end of the day, I know you guys think, oh, wow, he's so experienced. You know, it's just my job. It's what I do for fun. It's what, you know, it was a passion of mine from the moment I could learn how to dribble to to now. So, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I'm just like you guys. When we're not coaching and we're not uh, out recruiting, you know, I'm just like you guys. I'm on the couch having a beer, (laughs) just just watching watching college ball, and, you know, I love it.
1: Watching kids working for the dream, man. No doubt. I love it. Awesome, man. Well, Nate, do we have anything else for our, for our I got special nothing. guest, Justin Chartier? I got nothing.
0: First of maybe many.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe, no doubt. maybe one sure, of us. Be sure to check out those Tusculum games. Yeah, Tuscon um, Pioneers. We uh,
3: all our games are live streamed for free on YouTube. So. Okay, okay, okay. We're,
1: we're big YouTube guys YouTube. in this house. Yeah,
0: we'll let you. We'll let you know when we're watching, and uh, we want to see a chair flowing across
1: the. Car. I would love to see some some vintage Bobby Knight action, or, uh, <laughs> or, or at a <laughs> least a clipboard. Give us or get, get yeah, some. Or a Jason Kidd spillage. Yeah, little little, little hit me <laughs>
0: action to get to get that get that extra time out.
1: No doubt, man. See some see some fire. We're striving for man. Well. I appreciate you coming out again, and uh, I think from from here on out, you know, that's, I think, all we got, but we'll, we'll talk to you next time. Absolutely, guys. Thank you. See ya. Peace.